0: Welcome to episode number 321 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos, and in this week's show we learn that the Amazon are leasing some new aircraft as business continues to boom. The first A220 rolls off its dedicated Alabama assembly line, and we learn that Lion Air stops its passenger service just days after restarting them as people fail to follow social distancing rules. Armando talks to Bob Mills about his commercial flying career, and Chris Marsh tells us about his passenger experience flying with La, but, la uh, Compagnie. La Compagnie,
1: uh, La Compagnie. La <laughs> Compagnie. Oh, come but, on, Carlos, uh, you were briefed on this yesterday.
0: Oh, <laughs> I should have that little and uh, that little Google our, our producer, up,
2: John, is, is going to feel very smug right now. Well, well. <laughs>
0: So there he is. It's the, the man, the one, the one who pushes all the correct uh, buttons and sliders in the P2K studios. Matt Smith, how are you?
2: Doing? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit... I'll tell you what, we've, I, I guess we've been so spoilt with such delicious weather to actually have a day like today where, I mean, on the one hand, I haven't got to go and, you know, water the garden, so I'm excited about that. Um, but, um, yeah, as I say, it's the first rubbish day, really, we've had since lockdown. To be fair, you mean it's
0: twenty degrees less than it was this time yeah, last year. Pretty much, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't actually have the fan on in the studio for the first time in yeah. several weeks. <laughs>
0: and also joining us on this week's show, as always, in his glorious uh, mansion in Buckinghamshire, is of course Neville Bonds.
3: Yes, hello, everybody. Hope everybody is well. And uh, yes, you are right about the weather. It has definitely taken a turn. For the worst, isn't it? Uh, not not quite what you want. Well, I've been back at work this week, which has been nice. So I've seen two customers this week. Um, customers? Have
2: you forgotten what they look yes, like? Yes, I
3: have forgotten what they look like. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's the first time I've actually been out to see customers since the 18th of March. Um, so it's a bit of a shock to the system, I can tell you. A
4: yeah,
3: uh, bit of a shock to the car. It hasn't driven that far for <laughs> ages, either. So, um, But um, in the post arrived this BA <gasps> cold... Cold and gold <laughs> uh, card as well. I can't do anything with it, of course, because I can't fly at moment. No, but no, uh, no, I know, but um, you know, every cloud. Yes, so I'm very very pleased about that. It's the first time I've ever had a BA gold card, so I'm very very chuffed.
2: I can
0: imagine. Well, you'll have to get yourself a nice little frame for it, now if you can't use it. At least you could have it in the house and look at it and, you know. Well, yeah. it's
3: probably going to be the
2: only one you're going to get. Um,
0: uh, at this rate, I
3: probably, probably won't get one next year. No. At this rate, definitely <laughs> not, no. So, what's the next step up from uh, that one, Nev? Is it platinum? Uh, well, it? that's it, basically. Or the, the only other um, tier sort of status is that you can have a lifetime gold, oh, okay. uh, which you have to do an awful lot of flying for, and then you keep gold for the rest of your life.
1: And have uh, no, the gold guest list, which is not that's, lifetime. And that's talking and talking about lifetime flying. I don't know.
0: I don't. Joining us, <laughs> I don't uh, join, it. <laughs> joining us this week is uh, one half of the fantastic. Layovers podcast it is, of course, the man who would normally be flying around about 6,000 flights a week it is, of course,
1: Paul Papadimitriou. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello, guys. <laughs> I, 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 I'm actually not flying, but I, I need nerve because I need to, uh, to have a high test. I'm not in Barnard Castle, so what is, what is, what is this? Oh, oh yes. ah, there you go. Uh, well, that's I'm, my, I'm, gold that's my gold I'm card. I'm joining
3: Richard you is. with that item as well. Yeah, so, uh,
2: Carlos is sulking now because he has ordered some. It just hasn't arrived yet.
0: <laughs> has it arrived yet? I ordered like 48 <laughs> or something. I've, I've got a tin. and it, it has got USA West Coast Session IPA on, so it is mm. blue. It's, um, <laughs> it's not quite the same. I was
1: saying saying gold guest list, which I don't have because I don't fly way enough uh, uh, BA, is above gold and you get access to like the Concorde Lounge at ETHRO T5, which I think it's closed, all the lounges are closed, but you get access to that plus a lot of, a little bit more stuff and you can get, so lifetime, I think it's after 10 years of gold and you can also get lifetime gold guest list, but I don't know how, I mean, you need need to be the CEO of... You've got to own the airline. Or something. (laughs)
0: That's I don't good. have any of
1: this. Just Good call. to see
0: you're, you're <laughs> representing Japan this week, uh, Paul, with the
1: hat. Yeah, well, you know, I need to switch hat every time I come on your show. So this <laughs> time I took the, the Japanese one for some reason. I miss, you know what, if there's one travel I'll do this year, which obviously right now I don't know if they're going to do any travel, it would be to, to, to Tokyo. So I, this is my lucky charm, I guess. Oh.
2: Fingers crossed for you. Fingers crossed, definitely. Definitely. Yeah.
1: So, a big welcome to everyone who's joined us in the
0: uh, live YouTube chat room this evening. Loads of the famous family members in there, as always, and uh, Chris Marsh is in there actually this week as well. Um, up later. That's handy.
2: We've got some feedback coming. From. It's like we he have. was expecting it.
0: I know. <laughs> uh, so, hello to everyone who's joined us. Lovely to see you all in there on this uh, on this. Friday evening, the 5th of June, it currently is actually the 5th of June, so we're rattling our way through towards summertime, which if it continues like it is now with the weather, I think we'll have a wet summer. But
1: classic we summer. Oh, come on, yeah. come on, we had the best spring ever in <laughs> yeah. the past
2: three months, I mean it yeah, was yeah. unbelievable! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is right. Yes, but you, you, that's what that's what you have to learn about us Brits. If we can at all make it about the weather and make it sound miserable, we will do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's no two ways about it.
0: <laughs> so you may have noticed uh, Armando is uh, not with us this week. He should hopefully, fingers crossed, be joining us at some point. No, today. no, sadly but, not. Uh, we've we've had a not? recent update. He's still oh, driving, remember. bless him. So, oh, uh, oh yes. he's still driving. Yeah, not flying. That's a uh, well, yeah. Absolutely. He has been flying though. To be fair. Mm.
2: Yeah. So he might. You never know. He might, he might. He is appearing on the show though, because uh, he, he, we've got part two of his of that fantastic interview we did with Bob Mills. So yeah. he'll be very much uh, involved. Uh, I'm delighted to say with part two of that.
0: And that is incredible listen to. I've watched that. It's very good. Mm -hmm. So um, you should all look forward to that coming up later. But uh, we've got some uh, housework kind of stuff to do before we go on with the first part of the show. So we're going to hand things over to Nev for our special thanks section.
3: Yeah, thanks, Carlos. Well, as you know, uh, this is an entirely voluntary project and so your donations to us uh, are really important and very valuable indeed. So this month they come from Ruben Wells, Andrew Wilson, Megan Carrion, Neil Lanworn, Stephanie Plummer, Captain Jeff, Stephen Howland, uh, Andrew van der Sarg, uh, Tanya Wyman, Owen, Nico, uh, Liz Piper, Nicholas Hewitt, Jonathan Warner, Philip Laib, Adam Spink, Evan Shu, Jeff Ward, uh, Alan White, Gustav, Jacob Darlington Brown, Masha, Graham Haley, Eric Graves, Matt Caton, Jordan Rose, Myla, Stuart Backer, and Ray Williams. Uh, those are the people that uh, donated to us via Patreon and the people that donated to us via PayPal are Alan Loveday, Richard Adams, Jenny Parkinson, Mazuz Karim, and Stephen Eastmead. Thank you one and all for your fantastic donations. We really appreciate it.
2: We do, especially yes. in these times.
0: Yep. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, big thanks to everyone. So well done. Give yourselves a pat on the back and a beer. <laughs> or a gin. Gin, definitely gin. Gin, yeah. I thought that would be your (laughs) tip.
2: Very much so, yeah, absolutely. But, uh,
0: Matt, we've got, uh, I think we've got some listener feedback.
2: We we? have, yes, absolutely. Uh, You'll forgive me because I'm I'm pressing multiple buttons here and we know how bad I am at doing that. Uh, Yeah, we've, uh, Chris, who is actually in the chat room here, uh, shared with us, um, it's, uh, I I suppose it's the nearest we can get to a passenger experience. And he shares with us his experience travelling on La Compagnie. What? The team were chatting
4: back on episode 318 about the idea of taking a safe jet aircraft to Pittsburgh, say, a Gulfstream 550, rather than flying on a commercial 757, and that conversation really struck a chord with me. Flying across the Atlantic in a private jet is something that we might all dream about, but sadly, it's never likely to happen. I did once have a passenger experience which came pretty close though. It was a transatlantic on a 757 with only 15 other people on board, and that included the two flight crew and two flight attendants, so we would all have fitted quite comfortably onto one of those lovely gulf streams. Now, you might be guessing that this had something to do with the current crisis, but you'd be wrong. It happened back in 2015, and was the result of something that caught my eye on an aviation news site. I don't recall exactly where I saw it, but I read an online report about a new route being opened by the French airline La Compagnie. They'd started flying to the US from Paris the year before, and planned to start operating several trips a week between Luton in the UK and Newark, New Jersey. What really caught my interest was that they were using a 757 fitted out with just 74 business class seats. The article mentioned some amazing promotional fares for the route, and so, more out of curiosity than anything, I took a look at the airline's website. I was almost put off at first because the offer really did seem too good to be true. There was a special total return fare for couples of just over £1,000. About £500 each was actually less than the economy fare on most other airlines. Trying out some dates, I discovered that there was availability for a five-day trip which would put us in New York for the uh, 4th of July Independence Day celebrations. That was the decider then. I took the plunge and booked the tickets. I paid by credit card, of course, which gave at least the chance of getting a refund from the card provider if the flight didn't happen for any reason. Now I've always believed that something which looks too good to be true, usually is, and I did have some concerns in the weeks leading up to the trip. Because of only having two aircraft that did rotations out of Paris and Luton, occasional unserviceability meant that the flights did not always operate on the days that they should have done. In fact, even when we were sitting in the lounge at Luton, which was included as part of the deal, I could hardly believe that this was really going to happen. But sure enough, an announcement was made that the aircraft was ready for boarding and we just took a gentle stroll down to the gate. I paused on the way to take a look out at the lovely metallic blue 757. I know that it's a type that Matt has had issues with, to say the least. But putting that aside, I've always thought that this is one of the nicest looking of all the airliners. I've also heard that it's a favourite of pilots too, because of its excellent performance. Talking of pilots, I did spot one of ours leaning out of the side window and wiping the outside of the captain's windscreen. That's something that I've not seen happen before. Walking out across the tarmac always feels so much more exciting than boarding through an enclosed jetway, and this really added to the private jet feeling. It wasn't until we got on board, though, that I discovered quite what an exclusive experience this was going to be. Julie and I were sharing the cabin with just ten other passengers, all scattered about in the forward section, leaving the rest of the aircraft completely empty. Mind you, I have to say that the flight would still have been good, even if it had been full. As I said, there were only 74 seats and they were laid out in pairs on each side of the aisle. Modern business class cabins are usually configured in a way that isolates each passenger. Now that's fine if you're on your own, but we found this two by two layout was much better for us as a couple. It allowed us to have plenty of space while still enjoying the trip together so sipping champagne i watched as we pushed back and headed out to the runway past the lines of real executive jets parked on the apron it was a brisk takeoff and climb much as i'd expected from a 757 maybe even a bit more so after all 12 passengers is a light load by any standards The seat in front was so far away that I had a whole set of three windows to myself, and through them I gazed down at the English countryside as we climbed out through the hot summer's evening. Being something of a petrolhead as well as an avgeek, I noticed both the circular Myra Test Track near Loneaton and the oval Rockingham Speedway as we flew over. I was to get an even more spectacular racing track view on the way back, but I'll tell you about that next time. I'm going to end this part of the story now, as I took into my salmon and crab first course and the aircraft climbs up to cruise level and out across the North Atlantic.
2: Uh, I mean, what a, what a fantastic bit of feedback there, Chris! Thank you so very much. Oh, do you know no. the best thing about that? I didn't have to do a thing to that. It was literally sent to us, <laughs> ready to go. I, I love it. I absolutely. <gasps> Chris, love it. it's
1: been uh, well done. Yeah. Oh, well, that was really cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The,
3: nice job, Chris. Well, I want to
1: try. I want to try them. I've never tried them. I really want to try La Compagnie. That looks really nice. I tell you what, but the probably. food. The food looks rather nice. nice. Yeah. No, so no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about any food going back after what we're experiencing now. They're all giving stuff into like cardboard boxes <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: Actually, we were saying before that they don't fly. They don't fly into the UK. I think we were saying, weren't we?
1: Nev, I think doesn't think I so. Don't I don't think
3: they do anymore. No, yeah. I, I need to double check. that. I'm not absolutely sure about that, but uh, I don't think they do anymore. Mm.
2: Wow, that's a shame. That really, as you just say, it's, it sounds like a great airline. Mm-hmm. It looks like yeah. It's kind.
0: Of, it's kind of like having your own business jet, as such, but without the um, a lo- lofty price tag.
2: <laughs> Always a fan of that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh dear. So we better move on with some commercial news, guys. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I reckon so. Yes. Yeah. So do uh, it. we're going to start it. the
0: show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So. Let's go, guys. So this week's first news story is uh, on the uh, website I don't think we've ever used before, but it's quite nice. It's the aircargonews.net website. And uh, this is all about Amazon uh, expanding their fleet with 12 leased freighters from ATSG. So Amazon Air has announced expansion of its freighter fleet as it continues to meet customer requirements for the quick delivery of packages. The e-commerce giant has expanded its cargo capacity by leasing 12 Boeing 767-300 converted cargo aircraft from aviation leasing firm Air Transport Services Group, or ATSG. When delivered, the 12 leased aircraft will join Amazon's existing fleet of 70 aircraft, bringing its total number to 82 aircraft. Amazon said that the one of the new aircraft started operations last month, May the 29th, and the remaining 11 will be delivered in 2021. All 12 of the aircraft will be leased to Amazon for 10 years, with options for Amazon to extend the leases for three additional years. Uh, Rich Corrado, president and chief executive of ATSG, explained said that we are proud to continue uh, to evolve our partnership with Amazon to support the fast, free delivery for which they are famous. Our combined experience in the industry and access of a fleet of 767 cargo aircraft makes us the ideal partner to support the growth of Amazon Air's fleet. Cargo uh, Aircraft Management, or CAM, ATSG's aircraft leasing subsidiary, currently leases 27 767 aircraft to Amazon Including six leased during 2019. In December 2018, Amazon committed to lease uh, those six plus an additional four 767s from CAM uh, by the end of 2020. The leasing agreement announced this week increases the projected number of 767s that CAM will have leased to Amazon to 31 by the end of 2020 and 42 by the end of 2021. Amazon is also expanding its operations on the ground with the new regional air hubs at Lakeland Linda International Airport in Florida later this summer, and at San Bernardo Bernardo Bernardino Bernardino Bernardino. There we go, international <laughs> airport next year. <laughs> Additionally, the company's launching uh, new central air hubs at Amazon's air hub at Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky International Airport in 2021. New hubs uh, will allow Amazon to uh, air, air, com- air commencing gateway operations in May at Austin Bergstrom International Airport in Austin, Texas, and Louis Munoz Marin International Airport in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So uh, it's safe to say that, uh, obviously, during the lockdown, we've all been spending far too much money with Amazon. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to say, I'd like to say on behalf of me, you know, you know, you're welcome, Amazon. You know, I've I've helped you to um, to lease these uh, these aircraft.
2: I mean, y- y- you must have paid for, for, for something, I guess. You know, personally, uh, I, I,
0: I do. I honestly, I I have at least paid for. I would have to say at least uh, you know a loading strap.
2: The right. The okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, it, it, yeah, it's life goals. That's what I like. That's what I like about you, Carlos. You've always got a life goal. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> actually, just reading uh, Amazon, actually, Air were formed or founded in 2015, um, yep. operating a fleet of yep. 737-800 BCF, or the Boeing Converted Freighter, uh, 767-200 BDSF, or uh, uh, Bedek Design Special Freighter, and the 767-300 BDSF as well. Um, but yeah, great little fleet, and uh, yeah, good on great, them, I say. That great little, least... great,
1: great little business as well.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a tiny business, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know how it's taking off, frankly. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, actually, as I say, through all this awfulness, one of the the things in the main that seems to be happening is that you know, like you know, it's very much business as usual for for the uh, the cargo carriers.
1: It's actually even more than business as usual because usually they rely a lot of passenger flights to do some of the load for the cargo. And Mm, which is why we've seen a lot of the, uh, Lufthansa and even BA and others, they've all transformed parts of, I mean, one or two or three. Yeah. Of their uh, passenger aircraft into cargo, because you know like the mail doesn 't get delivered otherwise
2: no no true, absolutely, well, and of course, a lot of the airmail is literally stuff that 's put in the, uh, put in crates isn 't it like and, and taken yep. like in the hold um, stuff you, you don 't realize how much stuff is actually transported by domestic airlines.
0: So, right. Matt, the next story then uh, for you is a, a bit of a sort of an update, I think,
2: isn't it? Uh, yeah, yes, I believe so. You'll have to forgive me because I'm a little less prepared than normal because, uh, as I say, we were expecting Armando, so uh, you'll just have to bear with me as I read this cold. Uh, so this could be a disaster. Good luck, everyone. Uh, so it's on the Arabian Aerospace website. Uh, so it's arabianaerospace.aero. And the story is GCAA investigation into the DA, or the Delta Alpha 62 crash at Dubai. So accident investigators into the crash of a Diamond DA-62 uh, construction calibration services at Dubai International Airport last year remained puzzled by the actions of the captain of the light aircraft as it repeatedly breached uh, minimum separation distances from commercial aircraft before the fatal wake turbulence accident in May of last year. So analysis by the UAE's regulator, the GCAA showed the flight calibration services uh, uh, DA-62 which had been conducting approaches to runway 30 left uh, had been uh, 90 seconds behind a Thai Airways International Airbus A350 900 descending to the parallel 30 right. Okay, that, I mean, I'm, I'm completely lost by that sentence, but I'm sure somebody will explain it to me in a moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> vort- uh, vortices from the A3 uh, vort- is it vortexes? I'm thinking, no. Vortices, yes. Wing- vortices. vortices, yeah. vortices, vortices. vortices. Yeah. Oh, there's a swell. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, vortices from the A350's left and right wing drifted. Uh, with the crosswind of around about 4.5 now it says m slash s is that milliseconds or meters per second, sorry, uh, John's shouting in my ear, and respectively reached the 30-left approach path after 74 seconds and 87 seconds, the GCAA said. The analysis calculates that the vortices decayed to about 81% of their initial circulation strength at the point they reached the DA-62 at 1,300 feet altitude, um, and uh, the aircraft lost height, rolled, and then dived uh, steeply into the ground uh, none of the four on board survived the impact the preliminary report confirmed that wake that uh, that wake forecast, uh, vortex was the likely cause of the accident now um i'm hoping somebody might be able to give me a bit of a a clue about that so obviously the vortices is the swell so, so essentially so it's basically caught in the turbulence is that correct is that yeah is it's, that separa- what they're saying? It's,
0: all it's separation all exactly, separation exactly yeah. yeah yeah when when aircraft take off i mean um Uh, adam spink would be the ideal person to ask about this Mm. but basically it's you know it's when an if you're if you're on a a runway you're going to take off after an a380s just took off in front of you you're going to leave a certain amount of time if you've got a 737 taken off in front of you the time will be a bit less or a lot less yeah uh, and so on and so forth and you know this is a kind of one of those cases where you know these guys got caught up in the you know the wink you the you know, the actual swirls, if you'd like to call them or the you know the the bad air if you want to call it even better um, of another aircraft that had um, that had flown in front of them
2: right okay i mean this is quite rare isn't it and they do they do one of the things that's quite interesting from from this article is essentially the the GCAA sort of literally went well we're not really sure why he did that uh or you know the, we're not really sure why the pilot decided to take that you know take that course um which um quite a damning indictment, isn't it, of the of 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 you know essentially who's being held responsible here. But they also yeah. the UK here. Sorry, we're, we're just getting some words in our our, uh, our <laughs> ear. Sorry, I'm, I'm having a few technical problems here in the studio, so you'll just have to bear with me a bit. Um, it's uh, uh yeah. So uh, I'm just trying to sort so, so, so the aircraft was going to stop at the Dubai International Airport to calibrate terrestrial navigation systems. What what does that mean? Do we know what the, do we know what that is?
0: It may, have, yeah, it may have been something to do with the the airport, the runways, ILS systems, and, and the actual systems that the um, right. navigation systems that the airline has used to sort uh. of lock into when they're on approach to that runway.
1: Usually, just a mention of having a heavy or a super a super is uh, the 380. Yeah. Um, you should have effectively these types of uh, separation between them. Yeah, right. So, okay. The the decision, of, the decision of not listening to ATC. I don't know if you guys already spoke about that. You will speak about that. It's more likely to be what happened in Pakistan with that horrendous crash mm, of yes. just, yeah. Well, anyway, I'm not going to comment on this. It's it's a bit sad, but yeah. yeah. So I don't know more because I just read it whilst you were listening to it, whilst you were yeah. <laughs> reading it right now. But uh, possibly yeah. there's been a mystery. Yeah. Not this, I don't know.
2: Yeah. So they were basically saying so the causes to the, air, the um, air accident investigation sector Um of the United Arab Emirates determines that the accident was due to an in flight loss of control during the approach uh, onto mm. runway 30 left caused by an encounter with wake vortices. Um, yeah, yeah they was,
0: were, to be, you know, you, you've got to read the story, they were following a 777, you know. So, right. Uh, you know, it's, was it an A350? 350. Uh, yeah, 350, yeah, 350. So, yeah, super heavy. So the separation, which should have been there, wasn't, um, unfortunately,
2: wasn't there. No, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's much even to be learnt from this, because it's, you know, I guess it's, you know, it just an, a, a mistake, essentially, by the sound of it. Mm hmm.
0: So, Nev, uh, moving on with the next story. Nev, you've got uh, a special BA story that's. Um, of course, he's got not BA. Not very amusing, I don't think, for someone do who's. i get a
3: uh... BA story that's not very positive. I don't know. Um, well, there aren't very is... many BA stories full stop at the moment. No. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Um, well, this is uh, on the simpleflying.com website. And it says that British Airways Boeing 787 on the 4th of June ended up in a sticky situation after it came to rest in the mud. The aircraft was being pushed back in Edmonton, Canada, ahead of a flight back to London Heathrow when the incident occurred. Uh, in mid-April, there was a British Airways A380, uh, which crushed, crushed a taxiway in Shutterer, Uh, as it entered long-term storage. A misunderstanding experienced by a marshaler caused this incident. However, it seems as though bad luck has struck again as another BA aircraft suffered a taxiway mishap. Well, what seems to have happened is that the three-year-old Boeing 787-9 registered uh, Golf Zulu Bravo Kilo Papa. Uh, The the, uh, 787 departed uh, London from Edmonton on the 2nd of June. And BA has been using this uh, dash nine regularly for ferry flights, uh, sorry, for freight flights uh, with the lack of uh, passengers at the moment. And uh, around uh, 24 hours in the Canadian city, it was time to return to Heathrow. The aircraft was located on a cargo apron towards the southeast of the airport, according to data from Flight Radar 24 at around zero one hundred. At uh, local time in Canada, uh, the aircraft's uh, pushback began. The incident was shared by Airline Kitty on Twitter. However, the process was brought to a halt after just a couple of minutes. It seems that in the darkness, the push operators misjudged the space available to push the aircraft back as a result. The main landing, right main landing gear ended up stuck in the soft ground over the edge. It was not possible to rescue the aircraft during the night, as photos of the incident show the plane still stuck during daylight hours. Uh, for reference, sunrise in Edmonton is currently at around 10 past five in the morning, and at the time of writing, uh, the aircraft had been in Edmonton for 33 hours. Uh, well, the aircraft was operating a cargo rotation when the incident occurred, and uh, it's unclear how much cargo, if any, was on board the aircraft at the time. It looks as though the gear had sunk reasonably deeply into the mud just off the taxiway. Hopefully, the ground crew in Edmonton uh, will be able to free the aircraft so that it completes its flights back to Heathrow, which I understand has now happen, in fact. Uh, Simple Flying has contacted BA and Edmunds Airport for comment regarding the incidents. BA uh, spokesman told Simple Flying, we're working closely with the airport ground team to get this cargo flight on its way as quickly as possible. Meanwhile, a spokesman for Edmonton Airport commented the aircraft was delayed due to a technical issue, uh, but it's expected to depart later today. Um, just a point of order there, you know, I'm, I'm all for using, you know, the best possible tools to get this uh, aircraft out of the, out of the mud. Uh, there's a, a spade, a nice yellow spade on this picture here, uh, which I'm not sure is going to cut it, frankly. I, I
2: think i think it'll make all the difference i'll be honest could have done better then yeah, yeah absolutely so, uh,
3: yeah these things happen of course um once it's in the mud that's it you know it's going to require some uh serious heavy lifting gear to get it out of there are
1: you talking about BA right there sorry the are you talking about ba the company when you say they're stuck in the mud <laughs> Ooh, danger <laughs> danger war robinson sorry sorry i had to it was so easy <laughs> <laughs> well, quite
2: yes. Actually, to be fair, Nev, they're not the only people who've had a spot of bother uh, it recently, are they? <laughs> uh,
3: no, that that's right. And um, uh, <laughs> this is obviously becoming a bit of a bit of a habit now, isn't it? But um, the. Um uh, copa airlines uh, had that sinking feeling today uh, it's one of its 737s got stuck in the mud and uh, the boeing 737 700 was being pushed back at san jose international airport in costa rica when a slight deviation from the intended course saw the aircraft landing <laughs> that, that's there, a word <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. slight <slides. laughs> wheel nuts in the soggy ground uh, this one happened wow in Wow. Uh, This 737 was apparently in the process of being pushed back from a maintenance hangar at San Jose. That's deep. Navigating onto the runway, it had to swing rather wide to avoid colliding uh, with another aircraft which was being stored nearby. Blimey. Um, So, yeah blimey a bit wow. of there, lads yeah I think yeah
2: yeah I mean uh, you know it, it could be worse I think it, you know these will buff out fairly easily I think oh, yeah, sure. um,
3: you know just well if anything
2: they're going to need a good jet wash well that, that is true yeah absolutely yeah I see what you did there Carlos we're going to ignore you and move on I think uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh,
0: off off with the rubbish puns. Oh, Uh, hang on, sorry,
2: sorry, I'm just struggling with a thing here. We've got um, (laughs) a great comment from uh, uh, Tony. I was desperately trying to get it there. It just sums up 2020, basically stuck in the mud. Stuck in the mud, yeah, Yeah, true. (laughs) I see what he did there. Absolutely,
0: very good. (laughs) So moving on to the next story. And, uh, Paul,
1: this is is definitely one for you. (laughs) Well, uh, what is for me is that I pledged to avoid putting you in any explicit so i'm not cursing the show anymore but <laughs> Good I'm luck, everyone <laughs> make, i'm gonna make i'm gonna make our our our, our producer john sweat because oh. <laughs> the, the story is the story is u.s uh, bans chinese carriers for me june however it just changed 45 minutes ago because they're gonna reallow them so i'm gonna <laughs> read the different one uh, i'm gonna explain what happened so the china China has a rule, has had a rule, actually, because that's the thing that's changing like an hour ago, has had a rule that's called 5-1 policy. So they allow uh, an airline to one international flight per city per week. And that basically meant that United and others, uh, I think just American and United, were unable to get the authorization to fly as much as they wanted to China. And thus, the Trump administration said, Okay, screw it. Sorry, guys. You're not uh, being able, as a retaliation, we're not going to allow Chinese airlines to fly to the U.S. Uh, and China blinked, basically. Uh, that was, I think, a few hours ago. I remember I read something during the day today. And um, so I'm going to read you another story. And don't worry, John, I'm going to send you the, the link to that. It's on CNBC. <laughs> the U.S. scraps plan to buy Chinese airlines after Beijing permits foreign carriers. But they will still, so the U.S. will still limit flights to two a week. Uh, the Trump administration on Friday, so today, uh, scrapped a plan to ban Chinese passenger airlines from flying to the U.S. After officials there said that foreign airlines can fly to China. The new order, however, limits Chinese carriers to two, fl- two weekly flights to the U.S., half the number that Chinese officials allow that countries are flying to fly to the U.S. The DOT, Department of Transport, said the new measures, which comes amid heightened tensions between the U.S. and China, was needed to restore a competitive balance and fair and equal opportunity amongst U.S. and Chinese air carriers in the scheduled passenger service marketplace. Uh, It was not America, it was Delta, Delta, United. I think the rest is not very interesting in the article. So basically, U.S. airlines will have the ability to fly to China, although we know it's a bit restricted these days anyway. And uh, because China is um, easing that 5-1 rule for the U.S. airlines, for Delta and United, Thus, the Trump administration said that the plan they had to ban Chinese airlines starting on June 15 is not happening, but they're still going to limit the number. Although that number, I'm not saying it's artificial, but anyway, not a lot of planes are flying anyway. So that number is, uh, a, there's a little bit of spat, which by the way, that's a personal comment. That's not in the CNBC article, uh, a personal comment. When people say that, oh, 20, uh, December 2020 will be the same as uh, December 2019. No, because we've gotten a lot of sun, um s- kind of spats between countries with this crisis, no matter where it leads to, it leads to in the end. So there you go. So a bit of peaceful news, actually, no banning, but uh, it's, it's mostly reassuring. I'm glad that they go this way.
2: So is, is this just like a sort of like a tit-for-tat situation then? Is it's just like, so one one person does a ban, so they're the, I mean, are they retaliating for something So, so the Chinese
1: the, the Chinese rule was not only for US airlines. The Chinese rules apply to all the foreign airlines that were trying to, to go to China. Even Cathay Pacific, so Hong Kong, was limited almost to not being able, I think no, they're not even able to fly to China. The Cathay Dragon, which is their subsidiary, which they want now to merge with, the main Pacific is not allowed to fly to mainland China. Uh, although these two entities mainland and Hong Kong are becoming more blurred by by the day. And so this will apply to everyone, but obviously uh, they were, uh, and I don't know the backstories here. There were strong rumors that Chinese made it very much harder for us airlines to land into China, to give them the, the permission to do so. And And in the spat that is happening for a few months, not only a few months, actually a few years, but it's been heightening since the beginning of this year between the U.S. administration and the Chinese government, obviously, there was a bit of tit for that, obviously. Mm -hmm. So this is why I'm saying I'm kind of glad that they uh, de-escalated a little bit. Not that this will solve the Chinese-U.S. relations at all, but at least people will uh, will be able to fly, because Delta and United are eager to fly there. There is currently, and we've seen that also from London, there is a big demand of people flying to China, way less so flying the other way around, to be honest. They're not coming to London or to the U.S. because obviously they're thinking that we're mismanaging the, <laughs> our virus crisis compared to, to them. Mm. But there's a huge demand of going there. Actually, I, I've read the other day, I've seen presses. You can Google them on Google Flights. If you do a San Francisco-Beijing, in the economy is going to cost you around twelve thousand dollars if you do uh Beijing San francisco so the other way around is going to cost you three hundred dollars which means nobody is flying the other way wow
2: gosh that that's quite a, that's quite a
1: price difference isn't it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but also that that also means that a lot of people really want to get out <laughs> yeah yeah
2: true well and, and and let's be you know they must be paying it otherwise that it wouldn't be that price at the end yeah. of the day you know yeah the plane the planes are full the planes yeah. are yeah Wow, I mean that's one way of uh, clawing back the money you've lost due to due to <laughs> the virus, I
1: suppose. I mean, you know. <laughs> it is a, it's an option, certainly. Di- di- dynamic pricing, you know, Ryanair and EasyJet's—they know that. This, no, but actually, you know, <laughs> if everybody wants to fly, why not? Yeah.
2: Well, you know that that that, that is a <laughs> that, that is one way of dealing with it. All right, we'll move on to the next story then, and uh, this is a. Uh, um, a sort of slightly surprising story. Um, so we'll see what everybody makes of this actually. So it's the Times of India. com is the website. And the headline is The Pilot Positive Air India Recalls Plane to Moscow from Midway. So basically in the middle of the flight and the, the plane was turned round. So uh, based out of New Delhi, this story. And, and, and an Air India aircraft winging its way from Delhi to Moscow with no passengers on board uh, on Saturday morning had to be called back to Delhi over. Uh, over uzbekistan after the airline realized that one of the pilots on board had tested uh, corona positive. So an oversight by the team checking the pre-flight test reports of crew members had mistakenly read the captain's positive report as negative and released him for the ferry flight, meaning with no passengers, uh, basically meaning it had no passengers and only crew on board. Um, that was going to fly back uh, Indians from Moscow. So the, the Directorate uh, General of Civil Aviation, the DGCA, is investigating this case. Um prima face uh sorry, prima facie uh, it appears to be a lapse, said the senior DG. CA official. Uh, in a statement, uh, Al said, uh, the Air, uh, Air India Saturday morning recalled its aircraft operating Delhi to Moscow without passengers immediately when it noticed that one of the cockpit crew had uh, tested positive in a pre-flight COVID test. On return immediately after landing, all cockpit and cabin crew have been tested and all laid down medical precautions. Um, are being taken to ensure their health and safety. Uh, another aircraft had taken off uh, today to operate the, the, the said route, uh, and the Airbus A320neo returned to Delhi around about 12.30pm, and now the crew will be quarantined as per the norms. Um, this plane will be fumigated and the airline is sending another A320neo to Moscow later on Saturday afternoon to, to fly back Indians from there. Uh, the airline sources say that this is a genuine oversight due to the massive amount of test results that have, that need to uh, be gone through. Delhi base alone sees testing of 300 crew members daily due to which uh, more labs have uh, um, been roped in. The uh, volume of tests has meant uh, results come in an excel spreadsheet now uh, the the person checking the test result status of the crew who have tested negative and hence are available for rostering cleared an a320 crew for the delhi moscow flight um, as you 'd get the, the the gist there so i mean it 's uh, i guess if you, if you
0: were one of the crew members on there you 'd be a bit Upset, I
2: would imagine. I mean, I, I, I mean to be fair, this, this is so easily done, though, isn't it? Especially if mm. we're talking sort of, you know, 300 tests a day they're talking through that they've got to sift through um, to sort of qualify. And because the test doesn't come back straight away, does it? So no. It, it, yeah, yeah I, was, I
1: was about to say that. This is representative of... The pardon the mess that mm. we're gonna go we live through for the, at least for a few months. I'm not saying yeah. forever. Is like yeah. all the countries have different rules. Some countries are very strict, others are not, and they have quarantines or not quarantines. What kind of test is it? An anti-gen test, so showing that you have antibodies that you might have at yeah. it, or showing absolutely. that you currently have it. And then you have the turnaround times of the of the test. Some it could be 72 hours, and then you also have simply the bureaucracy and the logistics of the Excel file that doesn't open before the flight or whatever. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's just. It's just complicated. Yeah. I think we're all learning that because we're. Just opening, yeah. so we're all learning about how to do that. Greece actually just had a, so Greece, re, so Greece is reopening, as you guys know, will fully reopen on July first. Reopening on, on June fifteenth for uh, European countries that are below a certain threshold. So that's not the UK. <laughs> uh, and and um, they, but uh, Qatar, friends, Doha to to Athens is, is is still is already flying. They had the first flight. I think it was the first, maybe the second, but the first flight that landed from. Qatar from Doha to Athens. They're doing uh, checks on arrival, so tests on arrival on all passengers. Rapid testing. Twelve passengers tested positive, so Qatar cannot fly to Greece anymore. Uh, it's yeah. it's and and it's perhaps because in five hours it's five hours to fly from Doha to Athens. So. It, did that happen in the flight? Probably not. That, that would be probably, you know, maybe at Doha, they didn't realize it. They just do temperature checks and maybe the people were coming, I think from Australia and Pakistan and other places. And it's, this is the struggle we're going to go through is how mm-hmm. do we, and at some point we'll learn. So that's why I'm not neg- negative in saying it's impossible to travel, but right now I think we're testing all this. And in that case, I think Air in India probably, you know, they, they're overloaded with a new type of processes that they never had to do. And suddenly one thing flips, uh, slips through the, through the net.
2: Well, and there's so many things that can go wrong with this, isn't it? And Nev, I'm, I, I mean, really, I mean, we, we're we're learning so fast, aren't we, with this? I mean, that that's that's the thing. Uh, nobody's really quite sure how
3: this is going to play out. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think the problem is, of course, you know, this this varies from one country to the next. Um, you can carry the virus without even knowing it. Mm. And, um, uh, whether all those tests are accurate no one really knows because it's all terribly new so this is gonna be a new way of working uh for some time yet no, no question about it so um it'll be very interesting to see what happens when i get on my first flight uh whenever that's <laughs> gonna be um to see how it's uh, actually, actually
1: actually uh actually uh actually so uh, sorry it's, uh, i'm sorry uh, Godless, nope. uh, uh emirates you remember, guys? They were like they, they made this old PR thing. We're going to do a preboarding testing in Dubai for people. Well, they abandoned it after like two weeks because the results were probably like 30% accurate. So basically, there's no accuracy at all. So they mm-hmm. kind of gave up on them. And that, coming to to Neff's point, I think there's currently one test done by uh, a pharma company called Roche that is 100%. But I don't know how fast you can and all this. I don't have the need. But you're absolutely right. I think the the alignment of countries will be one of the things that matters the most, which is why I think blocks will happen first. So the EU, Europe in general will align first among themselves and probably, you know, like groups of friendly countries and neighboring countries. And then we'll see over time, over six, uh, 12 months, like an alignment in other countries. Because right now it's like, it's not about fly. I'm not afraid personally about the virus itself, probably because, you know, not in a group demographics that could be hit. I mean, I never know, right? You, you never know, but, It's like being suddenly, you know, in the middle of the flight and it turns around or an airport closed or, you know, this is still happening.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, they're looking to open all the European borders by July the 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, I think that's a realistic target date. And as long as they've got things in place to, to deal with that, I think that's probably doable. Um, but uh, you never know with this virus. And if if, there's, if no. something gets out of control somewhere and they start shutting stuff down, I mean, really hope they don't do it because we're all a little bit fed up with it. Yeah. But on the other hand, imagine yeah. people that yeah. have... Lives. Well,
2: and actually, Mike, Mike has got a good point here in the chat room. Uh, he's he's actually saying pretty much along those lines. And he's saying the issue is that there's going to be a second round of the virus. We know that. The question comes: Are we going to to let it? Uh, are we going to let it go this time, or are we all going to have to lock down and go back into quarantine?
1: I I am personally not certain that we will have we will have a second wavelet or a second peak, a second wave. I'm not sure because now we've done probably, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm not an oracle, I'm not a scientist, but I think we've proven, you know, remember at the very beginning of the crisis, we're like, okay, the, 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 the Asian countries have, have have done this, but to the cost of a lot of privacy, you know, you have, uh, not mentioning all, only China, but a lot of countries have like, uh, South Korea, which is a prime example of succeeding in, in, in dealing with this, we're using, you know, your cell phone data and everything, so in ways that probably in Europe it wouldn't accept. So hmm. uh, I think that we've proven Badly because we're late and arrogantly because we let people die, uh, and this sh- that shouldn't have happened. We've proven that it's possible to flatten that curve and to make it like we I think we have twenty-five cases in London a day, which is for a city of what, 8-12 million, I don't know how, depending on your count, is 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 okay, I guess. I'm not I'm not here to be oh, it's fantastic, they did a no, great no, no. job. But I mean it's uh, I think we've proven we know we we are getting a better grip on this. The country is different. The the one the one bit that I'm more uh, interested because we're talking here about travel is that the east of Europe has been able to basically crush this very quickly because they were probably more fearful because they don't have you know like great healthcare systems. I'm exaggerating here a bit, so they said, okay, if one case we shut down the country, and the west of Europe said, oh well, it will be fine. Ah, oh, Italy, it's Italy. Spain is Spain, and you know, and just you know, one after the other like dominoes, and now we're going to see maybe a great equalizer because. East of Europe, and that includes Greece, uh, that includes the south of Europe, certainly have to open because of tourism, because they need that income. So will they import cases and having an equalized? I don't know. I've, I've read one paper from a very big chain of hotels. They do like very fancy resort, and they, they send me the the health measures. It's 25 pages. Uh, I'm not saying I want to be in a hotel where I have 25 pages of uh, measures, of health measures, So, but... At least, I think countries are trying. We'll see. I think we'll see at the end of the summer.
2: So, I mean, what, what do you think about about this, Paul? I mean, do you think this whole air bridge idea is is a, a sort of like uh, like you sort of basically where where countries are doing deals with each other to say, look, your caseload is essentially or well, your cases are low enough that actually uh, you can. Um, yeah. You know, you can fly into this here without having to have the quarantine. I mean, is that a solution to to this yeah. whole two week quarantine thing? I mean, cu- is that going to work?
1: Of of course it is. Uh, I I'm not an oracle. You are just logical. At some point, you know, if you have a low a low infection rate in your country, you don't want to import cases. I mean, just mm. illogical. There's no need to be a scientist to to to, to see that. So. Green zones versus uh, red zones, and this is how it's playing out pretty much everywhere. So you have like Australia and New Zealand that are saying, "Okay, we're going to travel between each other because we can have a handle of this." So friendly countries that usually work, which is why I said earlier that Europe will work together because we kind of used to work together, no matter our sometimes disagreements. So we'll find a way. Now the the, the example to the UK, the UK is—I mean, the west of Europe is late compared to east of Europe, but east of Europe needs the tourism. And the UK is also probably even later. You know, there's a very, there was, it's very simple. Countries that have locked down or have measures, when I say lockdown, it doesn't mean like, you know, locking everything, everybody inside. I had measures earlier, are just fared well, better. And we were late in the UK. So we're basically paying, that's why we, the rest of Europe seems to be living in the future. They open restaurants in Denmark and in Switzerland and terraces in France. And we still have, not but we're two, three weeks behind them. Does that mean that the quarantine, you know, probably will get exceptions because the Brits, uh, and I'm not British, as you guys know, but I have three other passwords. We've not that one yet. Uh, the Brits <laughs> are essential to the tourism industry in Europe, in, especially in Spain, especially in Greece, uh, in Cyprus, obviously. So this is why Greece at first said, oh, no, no Brits are coming this summer. And that was two weeks ago. And then they said, okay, 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 actually you can come on July 1st and you're just going to test on arrival uh, and you'll have a little bit of uh, quarantine, which is seven days in your hotel. I'm going to be cynical, but these quarantines, if they're not policed, what, what you know, who's going to check? Even like the the one in the UK, who's going to check that you haven't actually gone out to Tesco?
2: Dying. No, no, that's true. Actually, sure. while, while we're talking about uh, quarantine there, uh, I just noticed on the Sky News feeds, actually, while we've been doing this, uh, there's, uh, they're uh, boasting about an exclusive they've got their hands on, which is saying, BA owner considers legal action against government wow. quarantine plan and Ryanair wow. vows to support it. So the head of IAG... Uh, considers a move against the 14-day quarantine on air passengers and rival Ryanair says it will back him. Uh, the chief executive of the British Airways owner, IAG says that the company is considering legal action. Against, do you know, I hate it when they do this, where they cover the same headline about 15 times before we get into it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Willie Walsh was speaking days after the government announced a 14-day quarantine for arrive uh, arriving air passengers, stating uh, starting later this month after uh, another obstacle uh, for the aviation sector battered uh, by the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. The IAG chief executive told Sky's Ian King live program that he is considering a legal challenge against the quarantine and is reviewing the situation with lawyers. He said that the new rules would torpedo the airline's chances of flying in July. Uh, We think it's uh, it's irrational. We think it's uh, disproportionate. And we are giving consideration to a legal challenge to this legislation. I mean, I mean, does he have a point?
1: Look, look, I, I, look! I think at the end of the day, this you know the review of the quarantine starts on Monday, so the June the eighth. The, the review of the quarantine is every three weeks. My forecast is that on July first, basically we're going to open to most of the European countries. Portugal is al- almost guaranteed already uh, without quarantine, and you know anyway the US is still closed because they also don't allow people, you know, especially unless you are um, a national. So I think this will kind of blow over by itself. It's true that right now the problem is if people want to book a holiday, they have. The government telling them uh, you shouldn't travel if it's not essential. So you know everything from insurance to compensation, everything kind of goes with it. So people are not really, do I, should I book? Should I not book? I want to, but the government tells me no, and there's a quarantine. But I think they will do it. it. To be frank, and I know that we are a show, you guys have a show on aviation, and I will go against the flow. It does make some sense to have a quarantine. Uh, but let me finish before you will bash on me. <gasps> it makes sense to have a quarantine because I, I believe, I personally believe, and I said it, I think last time I was with you, that we should have closed, when I say close the airport, it's not close to essential travelers and to cargo and to some exceptions, but we should have closed the airports and the borders in the UK like three months ago, like some countries did and not now. That's okay, fine. But when you have a, very few, when your infection rate is very few, as I said earlier, you don't want to import others. So a quarantine does make sense now. on That's, that's how it makes sense for the science. Now, in reality, we need to live and we need to have economies running. So what you do, you find a balance. And the balance is perhaps working with our European friends to make some travel possible and to say, okay, how do we make this possible with our common rules and how we accept each other as tourists and visitors and... You know, nothing. I I feel I'm sorry because I'm ranting a bit here, but I feel at times people and companies want a black and white solution with this virus. You know, when it's over, like, should I wear a mask or no mask? Oh, masks are useless. Oh, masks are great. No, masks are not useless or they're great. They're like, 30%. 30%. If everybody wears a mask, the chances of having the virus is less. And mm. the, the mask itself will not save you, but it makes a little bit be, much yeah. more sense. The same with temperature control. Actually, like, so you know, uh, ETHRO terminal two has just started to, to have thermal scanners at arrival. And then, you know, they just scan people. The thing is, actually, actually uh, by doing tests, they they realized that 20, 23 or 25%, I don't have the numbers in front of me, 25% of the people, not having the coronavirus were displaying some heightened temperature and 33% of the people with coronavirus were displaying heightened temperature. So basically it's the same. You can catch false positives all the time. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't have thermal scanning. All these measures are, should be layered one upon another, and with that we can find a balance. And I think with, between masks and reasonable measures between countries, we're open, and I think the quarantine won't hold, unless the mm. government goes crazy. I don't think the quarantine won't hold, for, no. for Europe at least. I don't think so. So, so
2: Nev, I mean, uh, I mean, what are, you, what are your, your feelings on, on, on that, that statement, basically, that's come well, out from they, the manager?
3: I mean, I agree with Willie Walsh there um, in that uh, I think the government are very late to the party uh, with this, and I I really don't see how it's going to be workable. With this situation, you've got three things involved. You've got the public health, you've got the economy, and you've got the politics. Now, in any normal situation, you would say that public health is the number one priority and everything else is second or third priority however there is a fusion or a blend going on here as uh, paul's pointed out where we have to uh, get the economy and businesses running again we cannot have a situation where we're into september for example and we're in the same situation that would be absolutely catastrophic which will take years to recover from Mm -hmm. Um, so i think um, as bad as all this is the compromise that's being reached is probably about right especially if we can do it within the European region yeah. and come to agreements with other countries.
1: Yeah. I, I, f- I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you. And there will be uh, parts of what happened will be a bit of health theater because airlines and airports also want to reassure passengers that it's okay to fly. Uh, we don't know if it's okay to fly. Um, we can talk about that later. But at least having, you know, I think having like measured measures is will allow us to find a balance. We cannot... It's not that we, we cannot stay inside, we shouldn't stay inside. it's also that you know to pay for all this, we need to kind of have the economy kind of running and it's easy for me to say that because I have a job that I, be, I can't basically do from home and I'll mm. be fine, but most of the people can't yeah. and uh, you need to find a balance between the need of the economy, the need of public health and this is where when we were talking earlier about a pot- potential second wave or potential second wavelet, as I called it, maybe I'm wrong again, maybe it's going to be a massive wave um, I think you know, the first time we did, we didn't know what to do. No country did, didn't know what to do. The first thing was the bluntest of instrument, lockdown, everybody stays home. Hopefully, we will have learned now that there are measures that can be applied that can lower the the, the potentiality of the virality of this virus, but also localize uh, flare-outs would be clamped. So maybe I could say, look, I live... Southwest London, my area is closed down for a week because my area shows that it requires testing, obviously. But that would make more sense. Or to say, and I know it's unfair, but to say like a special demographics, maybe could be Switzerland did that at the very early stage. They asked people for over 70 to not go out mm. uh, earlier than others. And I know it's unfair and I'm not over 70, so it's easy to say. But it, there, there are ways to find balance between all this. It's not only, oh, luck, everybody down at their homes and there's nothing we can and i fully agree with with nev we will this is why i don't think the quarantine will hold
2: no no, well, before we move on very quickly... Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, always... no, not at all. Uh, uh, we've got some uh, comments in the chat room, which I, uh, I'd like and to just comments. share with people, if I may. So uh, uh, Tony S is saying, how can you even get travel insurance if the Foreign Office is advising against yeah. all but essential Exza- travel? Exactly, I mean, exactly. That's a really good point. Uh, good news uh, Good news for Malta, though. Masher is saying that essentially Carlos alone keeps the Malta economy <laughs> going, so that's, <laughs> that's good news for everyone. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, the Airstie actually saying he's agreeing uh, a lot with... I I think what uh, Willie Walsh is saying, uh, saying that the policy is irrational dispor- and disproportionate, but it works to save the health system where there is no other me- measure that will, which I think is, is perhaps a, a point worth noting. Also, uh, uh, Micah is saying, as we saw with security theatre after 9-11, we will now see a lot of health theatre that will affect us for many years to come. Yeah, think um, exactly. is a good point. Yeah, OK. Uh, right, uh, Carlos, we need to move on.
0: Yeah, this next story, uh, Matt, is on the pcgamer.com uh, website. And for those of you who are uh, have been either struggling with lockdown or trying to find something to do, one of the things that has become very, very popular over the course of the last few months is gaming online, as in simulated gaming, using the various uh, flight sim programs, one of which being um, Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is going to be bringing out a new Uh, version later on this year. Now this story is um, all about the game and it goes on about uh, it says here that we know you can fly uh, to your house or at least over it which I've done a few times and saw uh, through the lovely volumetric clouds but Microsoft Flight Simulator's latest video digs into how you actually can get to your destination uh, mostly through a million abbreviations but also through lots of fetching footage of realistic instruments When you're making long trips and hitting those high altitudes, you're not going to be flying by looking out of the window, Uh, though feel free to soak in the sights. Instead, you'll be using IFR, uh, the real rules uh, and procedures that pilots use to navigate via instruments. Uh, uh, ASOBO enlisted the aid of NavBlue, uh, a flight operations and air traffic management company, to provide it with a database that gets updated every 28 days, just like the real version with radio frequencies, approaches, waypoints, and other information that normally goes into planning flights. You'll be able to generate realistic flight plans, but you can edit the waypoints, altitude, and other details create your own custom routes Uh, once the route is picked it will show up on your cockpit so you can always keep an eye on it and along with your other instruments ranging from live weather updates to radio communications the flight plan can also be edited while you're on the move and you can start your flight already in the sky if you want uh, to get going there's also a degree of uh, automation too Depending on the plane, you might be able to use the auto landing feature as well as auto thrust, auto throttle manager for your power, along with autopilot systems. You can also delegate radio comms to your pilot, letting them uh, deal with air traffic control while you just enjoy the flight. Uh, You'll need to get in touch with ATC as well if you're playing the game to get clearance for things like changing flight plans and landings. It will also dole out orders and keep you updated. Uh, if you want, you can just land without clearance, but that can prevent other aircraft from landing or taking off. It's been a long time since uh, um, this editor's uh, been in the cockpit of a plane uh, sim, so he confesses he's a bit overwhelmed, but being able to fiddle around with all these instruments and uh, knobs is still a tantalising prospect. If you've not been able to get into the Alpha yet, you'll have more opportunities to get in an early taste in the upcoming closed beta scheduled for mid-July. Now, obviously, this, um, this new game, when Microsoft do eventually bring out the, the release version, is going to be incredibly detailed. I mean, I've seen uh, the videos that the guys here at uh, Microsoft Flight Sim, they do a feature discovery series on YouTube. If you just uh, search in YouTube feature discovery series, they bring out a regular video with updates on how the game is going and um you know i've been following those guys on there and watching these uh, these clips and it is safe to say that you know x-plane 11 which i personally use here at home is fantastic i mean you guys just in the, the videos that i've sent
2: you, you know, yes even though we don't stuff. necessarily want to see them you have shared them exactly us, so I mean, it's
0: been um <laughs> and the graphic the graphics are really good with that but the the, the, the what the, the amount of the amount of texturing and rendering they've put into this game uh, the new microsoft is it's going to be you know it's going to be one hell of a sim uh, to have at home but that does come not just for the game but it does come at a price because mm. as matt uh, will explain uh, just quickly now, it is a quite a hungry game yeah. when it comes yeah. to graphics processors.
2: Well, I mean I'm not, I'm not going to go into too much uh, detail I mean, the the, the the actual PC specs itself is a fairly basic one, so it's an i5 uh, processor or equivalent essentially, uh, so an AMD Ryzen for example will also do um, but it does need an awful lot of RAM, which I guess you would expect with this. so 16 gigs worth of RAM to do it uh, Windows 10, but I mean most people have been forced whether they want to or not to have to update <laughs> for that, um, and <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, but the big killer here actually two things is it it takes 150 gig uh, of disk storage and uh, what? i know it 's a ridiculous wow. amount it 's a huge amount of stuff that 's not the end of it either, because actually, when myself and john were were looking at this earlier um, the, 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 you also need an insanely beefy internet connection because that 's not the end of the story it 's having to get a lot of data uh, on the, you know, from cloud based systems uh, like on the fly so uh, uh, but the the big thing actually is the graphics card uh, you basically if you haven 't got dedicated graphics uh, so ideally, on a desktop or something over a laptop, you are really going to uh, not, not necessarily get the the best experience from it. Shall we say it, it really you need dedicated graphics um, so unless you 've invested in a gaming laptop uh, which we all know are prohibitively expensive, um, yeah. you know you really need to be um. running it on a desktop so it's um, yeah i mean i 'm sure it will look fantastic, and certainly some of the stills that we 've seen um, you know from the beta testing is is, is impressive stuff uh, and, uh, uh good news though uh, i'm just being told in my ear apparently there will be an xbox version mm-hmm. so that may actually be the solution for a lot of people uh, and of course most of these controllers and stuff that you've got um like what you've got carlos um uh, an xbox yeah, carlos you have ones. like
1: carlos is insane what you've got at home man I, know, I, know. I didn't know i spotted that on your facebook the other day it's crazy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's, um, and if it's his finished. wife
2: only knew uh, what it actually cost <laughs> Shh, <but I'm> sorry. <laughs>
0: Yes yeah, it is safe <laughs> to say it's it's incredible stuff it, yeah. honestly the the, uh, the amount of uh, the, the amount of detail and stuff that that the sims got have gotten i mean x plane eleven, which I use like i said is is really detailed mm-hmm. it has it has our, hourly updated weather um, on the you know when you 're flying the sim you 're flying in essentially with the weather that is in the country you 're flying in it is, it's incredibly detailed and, and as i 've said to Matt and Nevin and the guys and that before you know during the course of this lockdown the 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 kind of sales of sim control sticks joysticks um, all the different bits and pieces have definitely um, increased I would say on uh, on eBay especially for these. Mm.
2: Yeah. Well, and yes, this is true. Uh, actually, the air st- the Airstick is saying uh, that uh, while we were all, um, uh, basically, I did an hour on my home simulator last night while you all slept. Uh, I'm going to need a lot more practice before I head back to the airport to do it in anger, uh, which is uh, always comforting, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, there we go. Anyway. You know, uh, to, to, be,
0: to Just quickly, Matt, I'll tell you what I would really love.
2: Mm hmm. What we had
0: for our 200 show just in my garage.
2: Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I mean, you know you could certainly buy one, I mean again, I, I think that I think uh, it, it would probably cost about the same as your divorce, I think, so uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so there we are, yeah uh, yes, yeah, yeah. So, uh, a couple of people are saying in the chat room here that uh, like he says, Stephen Howland is saying, I desperately need it, I desperately need it on a playstation um,
0: yes uh, ps four well done, Stephen,
2: yes, indeed, but as Tony quite rightly points out, it is actually unfortunately a Microsoft exclusive, so uh, yeah, I'm just yeah. really sure it is. Yeah, yeah, sure it's not is, likely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we need to go on. Uh, Nev, yeah, you are Nev. next.
3: Yes, on the uh, aviation, sorry, ukaviation.news website. This is a good news story. This is all about the uh, Airbus A220, which is a fine aircraft, and uh, mm. Al and I had the pleasure of uh, doing an interview on one of those at Farnborough last time out. And uh, But this is about the first a, uh, A220 which has been built uh, at the uh, Mobile, Alabama facility uh, in the US. It's completed its first test flight. first aircraft is destined for Delta Airlines, and it's the first to roll off the brand new. Assembly line, which was only recently officially opened, uh, like the A320 assembly lines, parts for the aircraft arrive from various sites around the world, including the UK and China, before being assembled on, in the Mobile site. Uh, Airbus said that the A22300 took off from Mobile Aeroplex and performed its test sequences before landing back safely at Mobile at 1:44 p.m. local time. As the two A220 production line is only recently opened, uh, the first. US-built examples of the type have been assembled in an existing final assembly line hangar for US-built A320 family aircraft and its newly constructed support hangars. The A220, if you remember, started life as the Bombardier C-Series and became a joint project between Bombardier and uh, Airbus, but Airbus took full control of the project in February of this year as Bombardier sought to exit the commercial aircraft market. So that's a good bit of news, isn't it? Some low Production of the aircraft uh, in the U.S. so uh, great stuff. Have you said, guys flo- have you guys flown uh, on the 220? not yet i'm looking forward to doing that one day with swiss or or someone like that when i get the chance um, so um, yeah really looking forward to it it's a lovely aircraft to sit in uh, it's extremely roomy i must say they've done a great job of the cabin i must say
1: yeah it's, it's a baby 350 or baby dreamliner i've mm. i've flown it you know i am I'm, I'm originally from geneva so switzerland so i've flown it quite a quite a few times and it's Absolutely brilliant. Though Though it, it has uh, teething issues, obviously, because it's uh, early, like, you know, it's a very new aircraft. I was, <laughs> I was in Warsaw uh, last year where we could still fly, I think it was October, and flying Swiss back to Zurich. <laughs> the battery would run out. So they they would like, oh, everybody in the the aircraft, and then the battery ran out. Everybody out, we need to kind of recharge the battery. of the ph- I'm like, is that a phone or is that an aircraft? And then we did that three times. They're very similar. And then, yeah. and then we missed the, the, the runway closure in Zurich and had to spend a night or so. But, I mean, honestly, it's a fantastic aircraft. And I think it's one of the aircraft that will uh, be very successful in this crisis, as in it's a perfect size and... Uh, very versatile. So, it, it's, it's a fantastic aircraft. Yeah, well, it can get into, into small yes. airports yes.
3: as well, and also the um, uh, the internal uh, cabin uh, bag. Um, okay. holders oh yeah the, huge, cars, aren't they? the for, for huge aircraft of that size yes. are, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things that um, Al and I commented on um, because it means that fewer people are going to be checking in their luggage of course so that means they can yeah. you know, um, hopefully turn the aircraft around
1: and piece of trivia actually you know there's two versions the 100 and uh, 300 uh, the actual base model is 300. So the 100 is a redu- reduced version of it, which means, and, and, and Airbus have said so, kind of hinted at it more than said so. There could be a 500 version, which would be very, very close to wow. the 220, obviously, the 320, obviously, but uh, there's a possibility that uh, they go there. It could even go to 700. But I think it, I mean, of course, this is all reshuffling the cars right now, this crisis, but, uh, yeah, it's a great aircraft. Yeah, I love better. it.
2: Tony S. is saying in the chat room here, of course, let's not forget, this is a good sales pitch for Airbus built in America.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think they open, they, open, they open mobile to at first to not have to go through the whole ta- um, tax war. So basically, the, the U.S. through Boeing uh, said, okay, if Airbus is taking over Bombardier, and because Bombardier got uh, subsidies from the Canadian government and the, the Quebec uh, region whatever, we're gonna put like like two hundred percent for every aircraft that comes to the Airbus to cover. I said okay, we're gonna build them in the U.S. So no taxes. So that kind of died down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If <laughs> uh, if you,
2: if you uh, did miss uh, Chris Griggs' review, I think it was the A two hundred and twenty, wasn't it? That he did, he gave oh. us a review of. Uh, that was actually uh, featured in our uh, New Year show, if my memory serves correctly. I can't remember which episode it originally appeared on, but I know I reran it uh, in the New Year episode. Great little thing. Um, I, I, I I seem to remember that was Swiss. Um, but i 'm sure he 'll correct me or or John will, um, but uh, yeah so if if you 'd like to catch a review you will you will you will find it on the new year's show for for two thousand and nineteen
3: no, twenty twenty because twenty twenty.
2: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get very confused. It's like it's I a think, million years ago. Oh, we I know. Don't I remember <laughs> Oh, it certainly feels like it, especially with what's been going on this year. But have some uh, more beer, Matt. Have yeah, okay, beer. that's a good idea. Yeah, that will yeah. help. Yeah. Was just, so, if I, 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 I've got no, ch- I, I struggle with time zones yes. like you wouldn't believe. So I've got no chance of getting show episodes in years. Right.
5: <laughs> so for
0: those of you watching on the YouTube channel, you may have noticed that Paul is wearing quite a fetching Japan hat. So we're going to go to Japan for the next story, aren't we, Paul?
1: yeah it, it, this was not i had the japan hats this afternoon and then i saw the notes that our producer beloved producer john was actually eating right now and i hate him because he makes me hungry uh <laughs> is and i saw there was a story about japan uh, i don't know if any of you knows of course you do because i think i've said it in the past i used to live in japan so obviously that's a very fitting story for this i had uh bought it in in um, Donkey, uh, Don Quixote, for those who know that, they will love it. Uh, so, uh, New Japan LCC Zipair makes aviation debu- uh, de- debut with uh, only cargo uh, on first flight. That's a story by Japan japantimes.co.jp, obviously. Uh, so, low cost carrier Zipair Tokyo first flight took off with only cargo on board instead of people due to the dearth in demand caused by the coronavirus pandemic. For the time being, the carrier set up by Japan Airlines will run four round trip flights per week between Narita Airport and Bangkok. It initially planned to, de- to start as a passenger service on May 14th. In a rare move, however, JALS, so Japan Airlines, decided to let it transport only cargo after passenger demand evaporated in the wake of international travel restrictions imposed for the pandemic. Zip Air's debut uh, flight Wednesday left narrates carrying machine components and chemical products. The airline doesn't know when passenger flights will begin. And the, the rest, I think it's not uh, very interesting. I, I will say, actually, we covered on layovers. We haven't released any layovers episode for two months, guys. I'm so sorry. But we covered Zip Air. The actual name is Zip Air Tokyo, which is a very bizarre name it's Zips 3 Air. It was announced in 2000. 18, uh and then was formally announced. So it was gonna kind of the, the first announcement was to 2018. Formally announced in 2019, it was supposed to start flying. I think um, to Honolulu first, uh, if I if I remember correctly, and then obviously this crisis happened. So it's not as if you know they started now and now, oops, you know there's a crisis. So it's a long long haul, low cost airline. If if you wish, it was a play to have a reduced cost, which is. We didn't. We never know. We will know at some point what the actual cost will be because low costs in Japan are always a bit strange because most of the low costs in Japan do belong to either Japan Airlines or ANA, which obviously they don't want to cut themselves too much, so they do a low cost but not that low cost so that removes too much of their too many of their passengers. So ANA has a, a majority in a company which I love the name of, which is called Peach. Uh, and uh, that's it uh, was that merged with Vanilla Air actually Vanilla Air another another name was fantastic it sadly disappeared last year. So that's one. They also have Air Central and Japan Airlines already has JAL Express which is a low cost for the country and uh, Jetstar Japan which is um, uh, I think uh, a JV as well. And yeah, and Air Asia Air Asia Japan is also. Does uh, also exist as ANA with uh, AirAsia, and ANA is a majority of So, you have a lot of these uh, airlines. Of course, it's a bad luck to start an airline in the middle of, mm. uh, of this crisis. They fly, for those who have ever flown to Narita, which now is losing a bit of steam because most people prefer to fly to Haneda. But for me, I have a special love for Narita because when I used to live in Japan, in Tokyo, that was my airport. They fly out of Terminal 3, Terminal 3, which is a low-cost terminal of Narita, which, because they wanted to save money, there's almost no signage, as in, you know, very fancy signage. You have, like, running tracks on the floor, and the running tracks are by color, like like you see on, you know, the running tracks, and each color leads you, like, you go out of the, the flight. And uh, you have a running track that basically leads you to immigration and then to your bus, for instance and it's very, fa- it 's very funny it 's also very modern because everybody 's anyway looking at their phone, so they 're looking down anyway, so having a color to follow is easier than looking at something that 's on the on the ceiling so yeah i uh, 'm very curious to fly one day uh, this uh, airline if you ever and that 's good because i 'm sorry i am always talked a lot about I love japan so much uh, uh, Airlines in japan are is flying in Japan is something quite incredible. Uh, The low-cost I would recommend to fly uh, in Japan if you ever have the chance to is called Starflyer. You're inside and you say, okay, this is how we should do low-cost. I mean, you know my dislike for some of the low-costs in this continent. This is truly uh, amazing. But still, good luck to... uh, Zip Air Tokyo. I'm really not a fan of that name. Well, you say, you
0: say low low cost, Paul. Do you think that was the case when they designed the uh, livery for there? Yeah,
1: like you're right. Exactly right. It's it looks like it looks like somebody used MS Paint or something. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Even <laughs> <That's laughs> the I mean, I mean, yeah. I guess as you as
2: you though, it seems like a really odd time to be to be releasing a new airline. Um, but but um, you know what I think. I, think I guess The trouble is, it's, 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 everything's in place before this yeah. all started it's so expensive you know it would be so much more expensive not to have launched uh, perhaps, there's a
1: there's a, there's a similar story uh in taiwan uh, there's a company called star starlux no starlux is a cargo company i forgot Oh, maybe that's starlux anyway never mind it Car- no, cargo lux is the cargo so starlux it's starlux. It's starlux made by there's this billionaire wants to launch it super fancy whatever corona crisis and basically they have one flight and that's all, also only cargo so i think it's bad timing because you have Launching an airline is not just like a whim. These guys had planned to kind of launch it now. They probably have the aircraft on lease, and they're like, "Okay, so what do we do now? Do we keep losing money? Do we get it back to the lesser, or do we actually do something?" And since, since there's demand for, for cargo, uh, actually there was a, Japan was interesting because for a while you couldn't send mail out of Japan. They were so uh, concerned about you know having the virus on cardboard or cardboard or any of the, or these um, um, surfaces. That it was impossible to send any mail out of Japan or to receive mail out from Japan. So even cargo was for a while. So there's a lot of kind of backed up uh, cargo that needs to go out and, and in Japan. So I guess they have uh, they have something. And last word, it's still not possible to fly to Japan. The, the, the borders are closed, and uh, you cannot. And if you go out, let's say if you were to have uh, to be a foreigner in Japan and you're going out because you need to attend a funeral, you cannot go back.
2: No. No, and that's one of the hardest things about all this, isn't it? It's like, you know, if, if you do lose some, I mean, we, I won't go into too much details, but, um, you know, I've got a family member who's based in, in Ireland, um, mm-hmm. and uh, she's not well. Um, I'm sorry. And um, weirdly, uh, you know, you sort of reach a point where you accept that, you know, that's inevitable. Yeah. Um, the what you know what's going to happen but the, the the worst thing about it will be not being able if it, it's you know if it happens sort of very soon um not being able to go and pay our final respects is is the thing that is makes me feel most sad about all of this that 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 not being able to because we're just so used to just jumping on a plane because of something do you know what i mean if like so if, if if you know if if a friend's not well and you want to catch up with them you jump on a plane you go and see them if you know if, if family are unwell and you need to go and spend time with them you just jump on a plane and go and see them don't you and it, yeah. it, that's the thing that, that that is so difficult to yeah. to process at the moment is the fact that we literally cannot do that and countries are understandably closing their borders
1: yeah it's that's very sad mm. even in countries i mean I don't know you must have had i hope you don't have any stories close to you, but I had some not mm. mine my my parents already passed away but uh of people here that you know because of the regulation it was super difficult to simply attend a funeral even yeah. simply not even having to go to the plane, even taking the car to go somewhere right yeah. or uh, it's not, it's, it's that's yeah yeah it's
2: it it's not difficult. Good indeed. Uh, anyway, the next stories are... A I'll... joyful story <laughs> Yes, man. Thank you. Change the subject. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Let's move on. <clears throat> Cough, everyone, and let's move on. Uh, so the first one here is uh, with... Uh, the stories are related, apparently. I'll work out why uh, in a moment. So anyway, CNN, this is one of what would have been Armando's stories. Uh, but anyway, CNN Travel is the website, uh, CNN.com, and the headline is, airline restarts flights, cancels them again when passengers can't follow COVID-19 regulations. Oh, good so the company has announced uh, so the Lion Air Group sorry uh, which uh, also includes uh, Batic Air and Wings Air began slowly reintroducing short haul flights uh, flight routes on the 10th of May but the restored flights didn't last long so the company has announced that all routes are again suspended uh, as of the 5th of June due to widespread issues with passengers not properly observing coronavirus related rules related to social distancing and health disclosures in a press release a rep for Lion Air explains that many prospective passengers were unable to carry out uh, air travel because they did not complete the required documents and conditions during the coronavirus disease 2019 covid-19 uh, pandemic alert period. <laughs> the few, in, excuse me, the, the few international flights offered by the airline have been cancelled as well. Under the normal conditions, Lion Air also flies to Saudi Arabia, China, Malaysia and Singapore. Uh, The Jakarta-based airline had taken steps to ensure safety on board, such as blocking out middle seats, uh, deep-cleaning planes and replacing HEPA filters on aircraft where any passenger had been suspected of the illness. In announcing the decision, Lion Air uh, specifically cited its concern for employees' health, uh, explaining cabin crew uh, at risk of contracting the coronavirus from their travellers. So Lion Air Group supports government-related Uh, Supports government related to the prevention efforts of uh, the COVID-19 spread through active participation in implementing the health protocols that have been established by the Ministry of Transportation, the Ministry of Health and Task Force, the company wrote in a statement released on the 3rd of June. So far, there's no word on when these flights will be rescheduled. Lion Air is offering refunds to passengers who had already uh, booked their tickets but it's not allowing anyone to make new reservations at this time. And we then turn to uh, a similar problem because everybody gets Lion Air and Ryanair <laughs> all mixed up. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's basically uh, along those lines, essentially. A furious Ryanair passenger, passenger uh, uh, and there is actually a video to go with this, but do you know what? I've actually decided I'm not going to play it because I don't want to give the guy airtime, frankly. Uh, anyway, yeah, a furious Ryanair customer has slammed the airline after he was stopped from boarding a flight from Dublin to Gatwick because he wasn't wearing a face mask. So I'm going to name him though because he's a Muppet. James Higgins was refused entry <laughs> at the boarding gate as he tried to fly from Ireland to the UK amid the coronavirus pandemic on Wednesday. Uh, the Britons said staff insisted he would need to wear a face mask in order to fly, in line with new rules for Ryanair passengers announced at the, the airline last month. Um, but Mr Higgins said Asserted that if masks were mandatory, they should be provided to passengers in the airport so they don't end up unable to board. He added that the airline had reportedly sent an email about the rules before panning the shot to show another girl who had ended up in the same situation. He added, furthermore, I was threatened that if I did share this video, that I would be banned from flying with Ryanair. Hmm. Well, good luck to him on Not that one. There, sure. um, now, uh, um, now. whilst i'm not normally one to be supporting ryanair as you well know i'm the first one to sort of say negative things if i can talk Uh. about it i'm actually and perhaps i apologize if i'm speaking out of turn here but i am 100 percent behind them with this one i mean if they asked him to wear a face mask and he essentially refused then i'm sorry you were quite rightly refused travel
1: yeah i fully agree with you
2: yes i'll tell you what I, do you know i was asked a, uh i was asked a question uh, earlier today by by someone who i was chatting to and they asked me the question you know what really grinds your gears and do you know what <laughs> stuff like that really grinds my gears <laughs> stuff like that because it's just like it's just so annoying it's just like i'm sorry the cabin crew ha- and, and i know we always stick up for cabin crew because we're lucky enough that a lot of our friends are cabin crew a lot of our friends yeah. are pilots and it do you know sometimes the general Public shouldn't be allowed out, you know. Selective,
1: uh, you know. May, may I ask you a question, guys? What's I mean? We'll we'll all start with traveling at some point. What's your? Are you at ease with wearing a mask?
3: I mean, it's, it's a question of having to now. I mean, I was fairly anti it uh, up until a couple of days ago, probably because I the science is very mixed on it um but ba is certainly saying at the moment if you want to get on air- aircraft you'll be wearing a mask and from june the 15th it's certainly in the uk anyone that's on public transport is going to have to wear a mask or they will yeah. be refused travel so yeah. but uh, so at least you know what the rules of engagement are i think that's a that is some clarity at least are Quite. you guys
1: the colors colors are you okay to wear a mask
0: having having a wife that works within the nhs and at one of our biggest hospitals in the region you know it's one of those things where i i know you know what you i obviously hear things and stuff like that so the 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 whole thing is i will wear a mask we will wear a mask and it's as simple as that you know it, it will we'll do everything we
1: can to um you know, to protect no, I, fu- I fully, like I fully agree. I fully agree. You know, I, I don't think it's like I said earlier, and I'm sorry to, to put the point across again. I think it's uh, people want to, I say people want it's very condescending. I'm really sorry. People want like a black and white solution. Let's have, again, a vaccine and everything is done. And it's true that it's, the mask is not perfect. I've, I, I work with Ayata, as you guys know, stuff I cannot always say. But I, I, so I need to be full disclosure. And and masks are not perfect. Yeah, they give a false sense of security. And if you keep touching them with your, with your fingers, it's not perfect. You should remove them with your, where your ears are and everything. And it's some airlines like Aeroflot and I think Air France are mandated that you have to change them every three hours. It's complicated, but at least masks are not like bulletproof, but like part of a layer of, you know, you might yeah. if you might if you're not if you're without symptoms but you're already sick. You're not going to spit it out into to some, someone else and on the opposite way. And if you if both if everybody does that, it already lowers the risk for everyone. And that's a bit of the idea, right? Because honestly, that's my second question. I'm sorry because I'm taking you over the show. Right? But what do you think, guys, about uh, social distancing in place, like the middle seat walking? Nev.
3: Mm. Well, of course, the middle seat blocking goes some way towards it, doesn't it? But that's not really two metres. So if they're saying that maybe they feel they can reduce it to one metre, if people are wearing a mask face mask or face covering then that's better than nothing but of course if you can imagine if you're on a 737 or a 320 which is about 180 people typically and you block off the middle seat now that's a massive reduction in capacity Um, so are they going to be running more aircraft or they're going to see how it goes there's a lot of logistics a lot of financial stuff uh, to go with this as well isn't there Uh, Bearing in mind what the yeah,
1: I, I I have this. I mean, it just doesn't make sense for airlines to do it. To be to be very frank with you, I do not think it's dangerous to fly. I think that you know the, the filtration of the air is good enough at least in general. It doesn't mean that if someone is next to you and coughs in your face, hence the mask. Actually, that could be the problem. Mm-hmm. But on overall, I think it's okay. And we need we need to find a a, a balance again. I I say I have a, a, an issue with with trusting the communication right now because it seems. That not only some countries have not really followed the science, whatever the science means. Uh, although I'll give I'll give, a, I'll give it a break to the science. The science keeps evolving because we're learning new things about that virus we didn't know like two months ago. So we also have to kind of evolve. But that there's a lot of lobbying also happening on every side of it. You know, like the airlines will swear to you that it's they're cleaner than an operating room in a hospital. You know, like and you're like ah really? I mean, I've been in lavatories in some airlines it's not the case right so <laughs> I, and again, I'm, I'm not afraid of the virus i'm just saying that i think we need to find some balance and i think masks and a bit of cleaning and mm. respect from each other will go a long way into making travel possible for a large amount of
3: somebody travel. said on a news broadcast and i'm not joking i think it was yesterday <laughs> one of the news channels, they said, Oh yes, the aircraft will be as clean as a baby's bottom. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right.
2: Just, right. Okay. All right. they've clearly so, never spent any uh, time uh, with uh, a baby. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: but since <laughs> since it's it's funny, uh Nev, you mentioned the one meter. I, I believe personally that it will happen, you know, some countries are already at one meter, uh the, the UK is still at six feet, two meters. They will reduce it because and okay, that's a very personal belief. I don't think it makes sense outdoors anyway to have like yeah. two meters. But especially if you're moving. But uh, Alitalia, ah, Alitalia, fable Alitalia, always coming up with new stuff. Uh, Alitalia, I said, okay, we're gonna have a one-meter social distancing rule within flights. But the the meter they're going from seat to seat, but not from the armrest with the armrest, but for the middle of seat for the middle of seat. So basically, economy is fine because they are pretty much at one meter. And you're like, are you joking? You're just kidding. So really, literally, if you take a, uh, if you take a, a tape, it's exactly one meter between a secret economy and the seat next to the middle seat next to you and then the AL the seat. And that's the rule. And you're like, so basically, you're not doing social distancing, but you're still trying to tell us that they are doing it, which is... <laughs> Yeah, yes, sorry.
2: Uh, there's a couple of comments in the chat room, which I'll just whiz through, if I may. So Masha, uh, first of all, is saying that surely they have masks for sale at the airport. Uh, surely he can spare a few quid. And I think that's inventing In vending point, machines? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, uh, really? not in all airports, unfortunately. But some some airports, wow. uh, we, we read a story, we ran a story, I think it was last week, where they got PPE in vending machines at the airport. Um, yeah, Vegas, uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in Las Vegas. He oh, his yeah, memories yeah, better yeah, than yeah. mine. Oh, yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, uh, Jennifer, uh, Jenny, Jenny in Rome, bless her. Jenny is saying that here in Italy, I never leave the house without one. Which I, you know, I think because obviously they had it quite early on, didn't they? So they again, they're a few weeks further into this, and you know, this, the whole mask thing certainly for Jenny, from conversations I've had uh, with her, have very much made it sort of like you're very, you know, it's just it's just the new norm, isn't it? And she's saying it's very hot and bothersome, uh, but I don't want to risk it. Uh, I don't want to risk otherwise, which is which is absolutely great. Comment in...
0: from Mike Don't don't miss Mike Okay,
2: album. all right, I'll get there in a minute. Sorry, I'm on a different screen at the moment. Uh, but I haven't worn a mask yet, but I don't have a problem with it if I'm asked to. Uh, and uh, uh, Mash is saying it's mandatory on public transport here, but uh, I still haven't got got used to it yet. Uh, there we go. Are we? Is this the? Are we talking seat pitch here? Is that what's yeah, exciting? Yeah, so yeah. seat pitch in economy is a maximum 34 inches. That means to be socially distanced, you need two rows empty in front and back. Nev would not know that as he only flies first class, which obviously <laughs> is a good. Point. Uh, I think uh, the the other point, uh, the, another great point here, that was actually sent to us by the, the, by uh, Chris Marsh. He was saying, ban from flying f- for with Ryanair. Surely that's a prize. Uh, <laughs> I mean, (laughs) scratch card prize. Oh, a scratch card prize, absolutely, yeah, indeed. Uh, But uh, there we go. Anyway, we should uh, move on to the next story. Yeah, the
0: the next story, Paul, you've got, uh, I think you've got the last story here, which is um, we're talking about
1: hygiene and and being clean. We're staying on the same top topic, yeah. actually, which is why I was asking the questions. Is that Turkish Airlines uh, that introduces hygiene experts on flight. <laughs> uh, and that's on uh, airlinegeeks.com. Because they haven't um, got I'm enough re- to do already. Uh, <laughs> they're, not, they're not the only one, but yeah, I'll read it first. And then, um, Turkish Airlines has announced the introduction of hygiene experts to ensure passenger safety in flight. The airline that would normally feature a chef I've tried it. It's really good. They have a great kebab. For business class, passengers on long-haul flights now has a purview of hygiene expert cabin crews who work as health inspectors focusing on the enforcement of onboard hygiene and social distancing measures. The enforcement. Holy cow. Um, uh, Hygiene experts monitor the usage of masks amongst passengers, ensure that masks are not all removed at once for food and beverage service, and disinfect and prevent queues for lavatory. Glavatories. That must be not a fun job, actually. <laughs> the Turkish flag carrier has begun to resume its local flights after a two-month break due to the pandemic, and it's just days away from resuming international flights. Alongside the onboard hygiene experts, all passengers are given hygiene kits, which contain a mask, disinfectant, and antiseptic tissue. Uh, I don't think that the rest is really significant in this article. Yeah, I, I've, I've read actually they also came up with, if you if you just Google guys, they came up with like very fancy graphics about, uh, funny graphics about how they, this will all play out and the hygiene kit and what she or he would do in flight. It's not a fun job because this is why I was asking you about the mask because there's still some, a lot of resistance about wearing it, which I understand it's not always great to do that. So I don't, I wouldn't want to be the, that hygiene person that goes and tells <laughs> Nev to put back his mask because he just had a sip of champagne too well, much. Well, to be fair, though, you see, but you said <laughs> Nev would just do as he's told. He certainly
2: wouldn't be rude to cabin crew about, you know, essentially, you know, you, you, you've, I don't know. I mean, perhaps I'm speaking out of turn, but, I, you know, I, I think we, we just desperately need uh, the aviation industry to go back to where it was. And if that means that I've got to wear a mask, then I'll do it. Do you know what I mean? It, you know, there, there's... there's we need things yeah, to get back to
1: normal I, I, that is what i said earlier i fully agree now turkish airlines also ask this is not a bash because i think it's a great airline actually the new airport is fantastic at istanbul uh, they are requesting or at least asking you because how can they check that you wear the mask from the time that you leave your house until you arrive at the terminal and then you're bored and you're like how are you gonna actually Make sure that happens. It's meaning there's a little bit in all these measures of health theater again, which I'm fine with. We, you know, I mean, why is it 100 millimeter liquid for security and not 120 or 80 or whatever? So, But there's a little bit of also wanting to reassure passengers. And I believe, and this is why I asked you guys about the the, the social distancing in flight of the middle seat block. I believe that some airlines put themselves into a corner because at the very beginning, because it was really kind of freaky what was going on, they promised, oh, we're going to have the Miller field blocked, only to retract two weeks later. And now people that are still kind of uneasy about flying are like, okay, so what is the truth about the science here? You, You wanted to do it, but then you don't want to. You just want our money, but you don't care about our health. And it's becoming a... Difficult PR issue, and I think it will last for a little bit.
3: um, You know, people were comparing it to 9-11 and this sort of thing. It could not be more different, really, because with 9-11 okay what happened happened but there was new security measures put into pr- to place um completely secure cockpit doors lots of other procedures around the airport and security and it was a sort of um, a binary situation yeah, this okay. is very dynamic and it's different from in different parts of the world uh, with different cultures yeah. as well and yeah, uh, yeah. so we've had to do a whole load of new learning here but we have to do it in order to get the aviation industry back to yeah, some kind yeah. of humanity.
2: and of as we alluded to earlier of course i mean things are changing so fast at the moment, aren't they nev i mean we, we we still don't know what is the
3: correct thing to do uh you know but we, I, I guess we've just got to try something haven't we yeah and i think this where, where we are now is that the um i think the problem is that um because it's um public health um economy driven and politically driven as i've said before yeah. Um, and it depends on what side of the fence you you lie politically. Sometimes there's a whole load of stuff that that goes on here, and and I think an, until we get some sort of uh, either a vaccine or a way of controlling the virus properly, uh, we're going to be living with this for some time. Uh, not not just a few months. You know, I, I think we're going to be into it for. Possibly into the uh, into the new year. Uh,
1: I fully I fully agree with with you, Nev. Here, I think, uh, and I, and I think again, it's the you said political reason. There's also um, there's been a lack of trust in some of the governments and the decisions, but also partially. Let's be honest, we didn't know what we were doing, and I say we, not you, me, and all of us here on this podcast. It was hard to know what exactly was the correct resp- response and. I, uh, this is where I fault a little bit of sometimes the flying public to say, oh, but you said that three weeks ago. Yeah, but three weeks ago things have changed. Like it's very dynamic. We're not sure. So we're trying to find some balance into what are the measures that we can live with. Masks being one, uh, thermal scanners, as I said earlier in the show, they're not perfect, but all these little layers will allow us to travel. Is it better to actually travel with a little bit more bother or not travel? I'd rather travel with a little bit more bother and accept. And maybe we'll learn down the line, like in three years, because we have all the data, that masks were useless or they were absolutely fantastic. And then people will say, oh, yeah, you see, I was right. But it doesn't matter because right now we have to be pragmatic and finding ways that people are reassured, hence a little bit of theater, but also with that we can actually fly. And I'm okay that if we do a little bit of mistakes along the way, and I think it's not too big to ask to, to wear a, a mask. I, I will say, last, uh, last point, I think where it becomes a problem for people to wear the mask, besides who were, perhaps have asthma, or because I don't know how it feels to have a mask if you have breathing difficulties already, but um, people that kept the line since the beginning telling you that this was just the flu... Will have a problem putting a mask because it's a sign of admission that they were wrong. <laughs> so they will say, No, 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 I don't want to put a mask because I don't want to admit that I was wrong by telling you this is nothing. And then there's 120, you know, there's like 60,000 deaths in the UK and 100,000 more in the US. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm
2: the first to admit that that was very much the sort of the route that I went down, um, like you know, when this all first came out, um. But you know uh, I hopefully you know i 'm not a moron, and obviously i 'd been educated by people like Dr. Steph, who were saying that you know actually it 's nothing like flu, it may be flu like symptoms, but they couldn 't be more apart uh, in in terms of what 's been going on so uh, so, yeah, so I, I think we've just got to suck it up and, and do what, you know, yeah. leave it to the experts. we. Anyway, we really should yeah, uh, yeah. sort of uh, uh, move on because oh. uh, yeah, we're trying to be cheerful here, children.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, we, we have got a bit of cheer because I'm under... Amanda... it's cheerful. I think it's cheerful to think that we will travel again yeah. because we're doing this. Yeah, that, that, that is true,
2: actually. Yeah, absolutely. It's, do you know what, Paul? I love the glass half full attitude. I like it. <laughs> That's the way forward. <laughs> anyway, sorry, who no. you saying...
0: Yes, we we have got a bit of bit of joy because uh, although Armando can't join us uh, on the show this evening uh, because he's busy, obviously uh, flying. Well, he's actually is going to be flying soon, but he has sent us in uh, a little picture which he said that we can pop up on the screen uh, for you guys to see, and it's uh, of him uh, just on his way to his aircraft. There we go.
3: Oh, and uh,
0: yeah, there he is. And uh, unfortunately, he had to pass this particular. I think that's a, that a that's a three hundred and twenty. I think is it three hundred
3: and twenty? Could well be. Yeah, I'm
0: just looking at the APU, just seeing if that is three hundred and twenty. Yeah, uh, no, if... it's not Boeing. No.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, I I I love how you've all got silent there. Like I'm going to know the answer to that question. Um, like,
1: <laughs> well, you should do, Matt. <laughs> no. But, I, no, I, need makes, a, uh... I, I need an eye i need an eyesight test to being able to, to avoid oh, right. it.
0: but at least the, at least the weather looks a bit better there because as uh, as you probably know if you're watching the show last week i think it was, it was last week wasn't it, when uh, uh armando had uh sort of pretty rubbish weather uh, his
2: end. Indeed. Actually, and uh, bef- before we move on to the next bit, can I just say, uh, I noticed actually in the chat room uh, that Matt Bunting Frame has popped in there and uh, I, I, apparently it was his birthday a couple of days ago. Yes, So I think, I think belated birthday greetings to Matt Happy Bunting birthday. Frame. Happy, Happy birthday, my friend. Birthday. Happy Absolutely. birthday. Happy Congratulations. Yeah, hope, hopefully you got to spend it social distancing with someone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's never quite the same, is it? <laughs> it's just like, oh yes, I had a social distancing beer. Do you know what? This is really weird and, and perhaps Some of this is down down to me. One of the things I'm missing most about this is because I'm lucky that I have some amazing friends. And one of the things that I'm missing most about when I catch up with my friends is just a hug. It's yeah. uh, it's the weirdest thing, yeah. isn't it? And I'm sure it's the same for for grandparents and and grandchildren and uh, and you know children and parents and stuff who who aren't living in the same house. It's, you know that's the, the one thing that that I'm missing the most out of all that is just is just that sort of just you know it's you know it's a manly hug, obviously, but you know nevertheless it you know it's it's that's one of the things I'm I'm missing the most. So uh, uh, virtual hugs. Matt Bunting-Frame, happy birthday. Um, But, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to move on to the military in just a moment. uh, But before we do that, uh, we do have uh, a little word from our sponsor. If you want to take your knowledge to the next level, sign up for a subscription at the A320 Lounge. Our online video courses combine whiteboard-style lessons with full failure demonstrations shot in 4K in state-of-the-art simulators using a professional production team. Go into your next simulator session with confidence, having seen failures run in real time and with the background knowledge to answer any questions from your instructor. To get more information and to sign up, visit a320lounge.com.
0: With um, the A320 guys, so we kind of do a bit of. That's good. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm delighted you weren't listening to that. Obviously, we're back. Uh, <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, I brought up the fade, and they were all talking. I mean, honestly, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hello, everyone. Uh, yes, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> all, all part of the fun, as they say. Uh, actually, uh, we've been corrected by John Jester in the chat room, haven't we?
0: Oh well, John would would do, wouldn't he? Honestly, honestly, John has uh, pointed out that the aircraft behind Armando in that picture is a Boeing seven six. There we are.
2: There we go. That's what I love. You know, that's the great thing about our chat room: in live corrections for when we've missed something. Ah yeah, oh, yeah. dear, never mind. All part actually, of the
0: uh, actually, on that note, I think hopefully soon uh, Armando is going to be meeting up with uh, with John for a chat, which will be quite good. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah, we we'll look forward to that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can say yeah. John, our producer is panicking. Uh you know, are you promising no, he, things that he is. I'm under do?
0: Don't panic, don't panic. But uh, no. So we uh shall we rack out or roll out some uh grey stuff? Uh
2: yes, okay, yeah, let's do that. Here we go. <laughs>
0: So the first news story on the military segment this week, and uh, it's actually quite good news. One of my, f- my favourite grey bits of um, um, flighty, flighty stuff, this is, on the uh, defensenews.com website, and the A400M uh, cleared to drop more paratroopers through its side doors. It's always good if you want to get out in a hurry. So uh, the Airbus A400M transport aircraft has been certified over the past few weeks two capabilities uh, simultaneously dispatching 116 paratroopers that's 58 from each side of the uh, of the aircraft and automatic low level flight but this does not mean the air forces of the six partner nations of the A400M program that is Belgium, France, Germany, Spain, Turkey, and the UK can immediately use these capabilities in operational conditions. Uh, there is a difference between certification and operational capability, a press spokesman for the DGA, French procurement agency, told Defence News. He explained that the French Air Force has declared uh, operational capability for 30 paratroopers to jump from one side door that means that if the president orders uh, a president uh, orders the armed forces to undertake a mission where they would need to have 30 paratroopers jump From the side door, we could do that immediately, he said. Uh, Paratroopers can already deploy operationally two at a time in free fall from the aircraft's rear ramp. With deployment from the side doors, the parachute opens automatically. Uh, The French Air Force expects to be able to use both side doors operationally next year. Uh, The certification flight test completed in May this year in uh, coordination with the DGA and supported by the French and Belgium Armed Forces. A combined paratrooping campaign of more than a 1,000 jumps along uh, with the new methodologies based on recording and 3D modeling of paratrooper jump trajectories. The A400M has also been certified for the first phase of automatic low-level flight capability after a campaign uh, flown down to 500 feet uh, above the Pyrenees and central France. Uh, this phase uh, concerns operations with visual flight rules, or VFR, and in other words, uh, with visibility, the second phase will be inv- will involve uh, flying with no visibility. Airbus notes in a press statement that this automatic low-level flight, or ALLF, uh, capability is unique for a transport aircraft, even in its inherent. Uh, For a fighter aircraft, the company says it makes a difference. The aircraft is less detectable in hostile areas and less susceptible to threats when cruising towards key military operations like uh, aerial delivery, air-to-air refueling, logistic or other specific special operations. The DGA says a new capability takes into account the possibility of failures, such as problems with the engines or loss of lateral and or vertical positioning. Uh, The ALLF can also be used either in fully automatic mode or following indications given by the flight director. It will eventually allow the Air Force to fly very low mission altitudes in no visibility conditions, says the DGA. Uh, The first uh, new A400M with these two capabilities will be delivered to the French Air Force in early 2021, but an aircraft already in service will be retrofitted with them before the end of this year. Always reminds me of the... um, of the scene from uh, Mission Impossible where Tom Cruise is hanging off the side of this <laughs> they, aircraft. Actually
2: they were talking about that in the, in the chat room just now uh, uh Mike also has a comment uh, to do with that. He says sometimes jumping is the safest way to get out of an Airbus. I love that one. But there Ouch. we go. Yes, happy days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yes, it's uh, I mean we saw it at Farnborough, didn't we actually? Was it the was it the A380 and the a- A400M that we saw doing a little mm. bit of uh, a, a dance together in the skies uh, it was a, a really a really fascinating uh display actually it's a it's a it's a great aircraft uh, yeah we had a tour great. around
0: actually round one of these at riyadh a few years back you? um Get had a tour you. on the flight deck and everything it was um it's really it's a fan honestly fantastic aircraft to see inside very quite spacious as well very spacious indeed even yeah. the flight deck the flight deck is
5: huge
0: is it Loads of
2: room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah lots yeah, Some guy for, for called Nev Bounds in the chat room and says, go big or go home. Um, no, true. But, uh, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, uh, so uh, Nev, you've drawn the short story, I'm afraid. That, afraid that, the, the blah, 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 blah. The the next story <laughs> is with you. <laughs> I don't mind. I'm so going to go and have a lie down now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, uh, the U.S. Air Force launches contest to replace the B-52 bombers engine and uh, GE Rolls-Royce and Pratt & Whitney will compete for the chance to outfit the uh, B-52 bomber fleet with new engines with a contract award uh, projected for June of next year. Uh, the Air Force released a request for proposals for the B-52 commercial engine replacement program to three companies on May the 19th. The engine makers are already under contract to create digital prototypes, and they have until the 22nd of July to submit final proposals. Uh, the Air Force operates 76 B-52s, each outfitted with eight TF-33 engines. The service plans to order 608 new engines, plus spares and support from the winner of the competition. The public version of the RFP obscures the estimated value of the programme, which is projected to extend from 2021 to 2035. Pratt & Whitney, which manufactured the TF-33 currently on board the B-52, has stated it will propose the PW-800. GE Aviation will put forward the CF-34-10 and passport engines, as spokesman David Wilson said. Rolls-Royce intends to offer its F-130 engine, the company confirmed. The Air Force plans to operate the B-52 into the 2050s and sees new commercial engines as a way to reduce reduce fuel burn and the time it takes to maintain the bomber Uh, last year the b-52 maintainers at barksdale air force base louisiana told defense news that modern engines would make it easier for crews to diagnose problems and make needed repairs the air force plans to operate the b-52 into the 2050s and seize new commercial engines as a way to reduce fuel burn, which was already in the previous paragraph. But we get the idea, don't we? So uh, that's a pretty big contract by any stretch of the imagination. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's way. good It's good to hear they're re um, yeah. re-engineering the B-52. because you
3: this,
1: know, this aircraft will never die. No. <laughs> see? Not, not that I want it to die, but, I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. J- John see? is just saying in our ear that the first flight was 68
2: years ago. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? It's
0: It's... When you, when you look, at the, uh, look at the pictures of these, if you, if you look online, you can find pictures of the B-52 taking off from runways. And all you can see is these, these just nice little direct plumes of black smoke coming from behind the air, obviously because the engines are, uh, are quite, quite old now. So with these new engines, at least it may be a, a little bit more greener because bear in mind the B-52 does have slightly more than two engines on. And
1: slightly more in
2: yeah. fact actually you, you well you can't quite see them from the back there i was going to say you could sort of count them couldn't you but uh, yeah it's I i don't know uh, what am i thinking because i don't know the trouble I, I hear the word b52 and all <laughs> i can think of love shack that's that's my problem but that's and uh, cocktails uh, quite indeed yes <laughs> what nev <Neff> said um <laughs> yeah, quite <laughs> indeed I, as definitely, you say definitely a sm- definitely a smoky vehicle uh, yes, yes, right. indeed. Uh, do I? Do I? Dare I mention the word chemtrail? No, maybe not. Um, no, blimey, no, <laughs> no. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Uh, I would
0: imagine. I would imagine Mr. Warner probably has about a thousand pictures of one of those. Yes. in well, fact, actually,
2: he, he sent me a picture this evening. He's actually been spotting planes as we speak. <gasps> I know. Oh, just the one, mind. He uh, found one. Try. Yeah, he found literally one, and now he's gone to work. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> there we go. But uh, but uh,
1: can can, can the B fifty two go? in Reverse on the ground. I know the A400M we mentioned can actually go reverse, oh, but that's yeah, might be a stretch for the 52. I think so. I right? might be wrong. I'm not sure. I, I know nothing, guys. I know nothing about military aircrafts. I suck. I'm so sorry. I just really asked the question. i oh, sorry, Nev's in that club as well. So, oh, yeah. You know, uh, uh,
3: it would some... not, if, if it was lightly laden, I would suggest with the, that amount of power. Um, mm-hmm. If it has, I'm assuming it's got reverse thrust capability on the aircraft, uh, right. then you never
0: know. That, That's your next job, uh, John, our producer, to find a <laughs> B-52 pilot. Oh, right, okay. There you go. Lovely. Oh,
2: yeah, he'll Pressure. enjoy that. Uh, Micah has been updating. He's saying the B-52 has been in service longer than I have since 1955. They have talked about re engineering them for years. Hopefully it will oh, finally wow. happen, he, he's been saying. Uh, and um, uh, where are we? Let's work out uh uh it's um sorry i missed that john say that again <laughs> okay okay sorry i've got problems with my talk back here did somebody hear that i've got i've got some issues here no okay good lovely
1: uh but no what's cool is what hap what's happening on the chat when you have who is it micah talking about since it's been so long in service would it be cool to find you know like a, a grandfather and the father and perhaps yeah, the son were yeah. all like certified or and are flying it. That would be, uh, yeah, that would be cool. John, this is your next job to find <laughs> a trio of uh, pilots that have all flown the same aircraft.
2: Wow, okay, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, sounds like a bit of a challenge. It, it's,
0: uh, to, all, in, all joking aside, it's testament to the manufacturers of that
1: aircraft, though, that yeah, it absolutely. has lasted this Long. But, but then again, would, wouldn't you say, and again, I don't know nothing about uh, military aircraft, but that could be said about many aircraft in the commercial space just that they need to make money, whereas uh, military aircraft are, are basically subsidized. I'm not saying it's wrong to subsidize them and say they don't need to make you know, commercial sense. Like the 747 or the 757 could, or the MD80s that were just uh, removed mm. from service could perhaps still fly for a long time where they're not like in economical, you know, reality, especially now to, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, um, uh, Matt Bunting frame is actually saying in the chat room, no, it can't fly backwards. So that was the answer to that question. Oh, there you go. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, as I say, it's a great aircraft, isn't it? As I say, unfortunately, I I, st- I, I still can't. You know, I, I think of music every time I hear the word B fifty two. So, <laughs> there we go. That, that True. must be far too many years in in loud, no- noisy nightclubs. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. For me, it's a cocktail. So. There you go. Oh right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Uh... Which other, yes, uh, John Jester is saying the B fifty two does actually use a parachute. So there you go. Wow. It's, uh, this is this is why we, this is why we like our chat room, isn't it? They know far more about this than we do. I know. Uh, um, uh, anyway,
0: um, so we... so we have yeah, actually, we've got uh, we have got a piece from uh, Armando to play. I mean, Matt, we Matt? Uh, which have is indeed. the second part of his uh, interview with Bob Mills. Yeah, and which, in this, uh, f- exactly, I guess, sorry, now I was, I was going to say if you if you did watch last week's one, this week's one is is even better.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And in this part, uh, uh, Bob is talking about his commercial aviation career.
6: And you went on after after your military career to, or while you were in the reserves, right, to, to go on to airline flying, right?
5: Right, yeah. It was When I left active duty, it was the end of the 80s, the beginning of the 90s, and there was a huge downturn in the airline industry. So it was... It was tough to, there were no jobs initially. And then I I did get a job at a commuter airline. So I I flew for a commuter for two and a half years. Um, It started going downhill. Um, They were furloughing. I was just about to get dropped off and I found a corporate job. So I flew King Airs and Citations for several years with a couple of corporations. And um, the neat thing about that is that it gave me a, a a really wide perspective on of some parts of aviation some uh segments of aviation that i would not have otherwise seen uh there was even a uh a, a year section a year uh hiatus into air ambulance flying out of denver so i'm flying king airs in and out of the mountains you know bringing back really sick babies or you know really some you know taking people that were had been um um spinal injury patients you know, to their home or to the hospital or things like that to where it was like there was a lot of perspective granted in that time frame. So it in the end, um, there was ten year period where I was doing the corporate and uh commuter and air ambulance workup to being hired by Southwest Airlines. Can I say Southwest Airlines? <laughs> oh it's up to you. Yeah, no absolutely. You know, so and because uh and I was hired in at Southwest in nineteen ninety eight and I will tell you the the combination of landing at an airline such as Southwest Airlines and having that you know the the 7 years of active duty flying and 10 years of uh of kind of hard work flying and and you know making your way back to the uh into the majors uh during a very competitive period just gave me so much gratitude for what I have now um you know 22 years later and and I am at a company that I absolutely love you know everybody thinks we're all courty at southwest airlines but i tell you what i landed at the place i i was born to land at i think you know <laughs> so yeah
6: well you you find very few pilots that are as proud of their organization as southwest
5: pilots it, it's funny because when i was uh uh the skipper of a reserve tactical air control squadron which was more of an air traffic control and air command and control uh Ground unit or well, seaborne unit. Actually, we would go on um, the amphibious carriers, and we would manage air combat from there. And my executive officer was a, a, a Tomcat backseater who was also one of my roommates on active duty. We'd known each other for years. And one day at drill weekend, I came in and I saw him in his office, and because uh, a good XO always gets there before the skipper, right? Yeah, but um, so and his senior enlisted. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The master chief was always in there too. And, uh, so you, and, and it's, and it, but a good skipper also doesn't come in right on time because you got to let those guys have a little slack sometimes too. Right. Yeah. absolutely. But, so I, I look at Pat's office and, and he said, Hey Bob, how you doing? I said, great, man. How are you? He looked at me. He said, Bob Mills the only happy airline pilot I know. (laughs) Now it's not true, but, uh, but that's, you know, that, that's been my life at Southwest airlines and really before that too. I've had so much fun doing all these different types of aviation. I'm just, I'm blessed beyond. So I want to go back to the air
6: ambulance real quick is now you said one, one of the best parts about being a military aviator is the mission. Was that something that you experienced with with air ambulance as opposed to corporate flying, where there's a defined mission and you know and, and almost a, a time critical need? It's you know,
5: I could give you that that commitment to mission on each of those jobs, as as corny as it might sound, whether it's the commuter airline or Southwest today, because. There, there's people that need to get somewhere a lot of times. Sometimes it's pleasure. Sometimes it's business. Sometimes it's something hasn't, something not good has happened in the family and they're trying to get there. And we see that a lot. So that that airline piece, you know, which you're experiencing as well, you know, it's, it's we're getting people where they need to be. And sometimes it's it's really critical. <laughs> on the, the commuter airline, there was one time we were stuck in Bakersfield with Crummy weather in Los Angeles of all places, right? We're flying a jet stream. And there's a guy who's trying to get from uh, Bakersfield to LA so he can get in a car and drive to Santa Barbara for his wedding that day. And, and he was getting really, really stressed. I was the first officer on that one. But the, the, uh, the captain is the guy who was Tina and my best man later on <laughs> you know. so so we were good friends and we're talking to the guy and he's getting pretty tense about the whole thing we're saying hey man we're your best hope of getting there you know but what were you thinking <laughs> you know and uh and so we ended up getting there he made the mission you know calmed down but you know and even more important than that are the families that are going to see someone that's not well or or maybe to go be with a family that for someone who has passed um so so there's really really important cool mission thing that we do even in airline flying it's not just moving ice and coffee from one place to the other really you know it's truly about the people um um, but if you put that in the context of the air ambulance uh, you know absolutely you know the the king air air ambulance isn't the trauma side of the road pickup transport type thing but it was in some cases it was bring in a very premature child from a small hospital up in the mountains. So, you know, I, there was one that's still in my memory, Salida, Colorado to the, um, the children's hospital in Denver. And of course, so now you have a tiny, tiny baby, you know, and, and as it turns out, my firstborn was born at two pounds, 12 ounces. So I knew all about this, you know, later <laughs> I experienced it, you know, so, so we have a tiny, tiny baby in an isolate being put on a, King Air, and the parents are just, of course, you know, just as worried as any parents could possibly be. And it's our job to take them to a place where they're going to be safe. And uh, they're gonna, and the baby's going to get better. Um, or um, perspective, you know, would be the day that I had my check ride in that organization. So I'm getting a 135 check ride in a King Air, and it's going to be part of a mission. And I'm flying with the chief pilot, who is known to be somewhat tense as some, you know, not all chief pilots are like that. My current chief pilots not. So Bob picnic, if you see this, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> um, a little smooth cause I'm still working. Right. Yeah. Um, but, um, the, uh, uh, you know, this, this guy ended up being a, a fine check, right? No, no problems whatsoever. And, and, but the mission was we are, I kind of touched on it a little bit. The, the ambulance brought over a 19 uh, year old kid and his mom the guy had been in a car accident on I-70 on black ice and no longer had the use of his arms and legs. I mean, and, and he's been in the hospital for months and now we're taking him back with a respiratory therapist and a nurse to Enid, Oklahoma, where he's going to, you know, the, the, the the medical crew is going to meet a local medical crew and they're going to bring him over and transition him to his home where they've done, you know, all the, um, um, the, Disabilities accommodations to the house, and so by the time we got to eat, I got to the I got to the airport just nervous as I always am with check rides. You know that that a little bit of nervousness gives you peak performance, right? You gotta, but it's just you know. So I'm I'm butterflies. I'm like, oh man, I got the I got my check ride. I do it with the chief pilot. Oh man! By the time we got to eat at Oklahoma, I'm trying to get too emotional on this because it still means a lot for you from back then. the check ride was a side note. It didn't really matter what happened on that check ride. When you see what's going on here as I, as I helped them take a, a stretcher off with a young man who is paraplegic for the rest of his life, you know, and you say, you know, I think this check ride's going to be okay. Um, so that's the kind of perspective that, that, that job gives. Um, and the mission, the mission was critical. It usually wasn't time critical, but, we were making a difference in people's lives. And, and then, and we got to know the helicopter crews that did the real trauma stuff because occasionally you'd meet the trauma team at the airport and do the second phase to the next hospital. Um, and, and, and those crews are absolute heroes. You know, they're, those are the one skid on the side of a mountain picking up a mountain climber who fell horribly, you know, type heroes, just out and out heroes, just like the firefighters, you know? So there's a lot of pretty, pretty neat, Flying jobs out there being done by some really, really heroic, cool people too. So, yeah, I'll agree with that. I look, I'll, I'll
6: totally agree with all your sentiments. And it's easy to just get in the front of the airplane, close the door, and forget that that everyone in the back has a story as to why they're going from from A to B. Isn't there?
5: Yeah, just to, even now as a as an as an airline pilot, right? You know the 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 best part of my job is it's kind of twofold. One, it's bonding with the crews, which I shared you a good story from this last trip that I won't say here. <laughs> Armando. <laughs> and um, and um you know the 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 bonding of the crews and the the you know doing what we do especially, you know, after 9/11 and now at, you know with the coronavirus um the whole thing going on and and how are we getting back towards normal and how are we supporting each other and you know, both at nine eleven and now, what kind of fears do the crews have? What you know, what are what are they confronting on a daily basis? What's going on in their family lives? And we spend just a few days together, and and really, part of my job is to just say, hey, how you doing? And and you know, so, it's it's more than a job; it really yeah. is. Um, and then the people on it. Um, I mean, I I have story after story of just a little bit of time spent with a couple people you know, especially if you've got weather delays or anything else, just going back and interacting a little bit and finding out what people are thinking, what they're doing. Maybe, you know, it's, it, it just, it's meant a lot. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Why is it pretty- and we have a, a pretty wide audience from
6: professional pilots to private pilots to aviation enthusiasts and a lot of airport uh, support workers. And, and it's important to, uh, to remember that at the end of the day we we are moving people. I, I think that's a, a really good point, Bob. Yeah. Now, it's, yeah. Speaking of of heroes, so you you've been doing some formation flights recently, right?
5: Oh, yes. Yeah. We um so the, the lightning formation air show you're talking about the Hearts for Heroes. Yes, sir. And for first responders. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a neat thing that's it's actually caught hold across the country among a variety of rv formation groups it it started with a group um, called uh, the falcon rv squadron in the atlanta area and they went out and did a i think they did either six or eight i think they've actually done 12 ship flights where they they flew overhead with smoke and then drew a big heart over the hospitals in the atlanta area and and it it got the attention of a lot of people i mean the first responders the medical crews the, the people that are just essential employees trying to help life keep going were really touched by it. So that, that has kind of like sparked little flames of this. I know there's a group called Bulldog Flight in Georgia that's doing it. Um, a group called West Coast Ravens did it in Northern California. Our group, Lightning Formation Air Shows, did it in the Salinas, Monterey, Watsonville area. And then we did it recently uh, in Reno in conjunction with the Reno Areas Association and um, air traffic controllers have been super supportive of it we gave them a flyby down the reno runway as well so so, um so we in in kind of in concert with the the fellas all and ladies all around the uh, country that are doing this did it for a couple of our local areas and again the the response has been amazing you know the blue angels and the uh, thunderbirds and um and some local um air guard units with fighters or C-130 group here is done at the high rollers. Um, we, you know, the RVs are doing the hearts. The rest are just kind of show of force and the blues and the Thunderbirds are, you know, doing their six ships with smoke everywhere. And I, I think, I think what it means to people is that for the first responders and the medical crews and kind of people just doing their jobs every day, it's like, we're recognizing, them, right? We're saying, Hey, we appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it means a lot to us because, you know, the medical crews, I mean, they're taking risks every day. Right. Um, and, and we're getting through this, you know, as a country, as a world, we're getting through this and we're going to get through this. You know, I mean, I truly believe, you know, we're going to be smart about it, but we're going to get through it. And we're going to get back to living. And, um, so, so just, putting some smoke over the top of the city and heart shapes just shows people some love, just shows people some hope maybe too. Right. You know, so it's a, it's a hope flight. It's a, it's a hearts for heroes flight. It's a, a first responders flight. It's just a, a thank you. I'm,
2: I'm loving this series, isn't it? It's he's such an interesting guy. I could listen to Bob for hours. It's
0: brilliant. I just love the background.
2: Yes, yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, it's not a it's green screen, really, is it? Really, it's an really
0: actual one. It's yeah. an actual one, actually. Yeah. It's, it's a real one. one. Yeah. We we actually had we had our local one come over three days ago. Actually, um, we've got base near us here mm-hmm. um, from Old Buckingham. He that actually came over a few days back, but um, great to see it in the air.
2: Indeed. Uh, actually, Mike is just saying. Uh, Mike has just sent me a message uh, saying that. Um, He's saying, one other thing you might want to mention, especially since you're doing the military segment, is tomorrow is the 76th anniversary of D-Day, the invasion of Normandy during World War Two. It yeah. uh, just might be nice to, to commemorate the the anniversary and talk about all those who sacrificed for our freedom, which I think is a great point, isn't it? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Absolutely. thanks for bringing that to our attention, Micah. We should have known that already, really, shouldn't we, to be fair? And I dare yeah. say, if Armando had have joined us, because he's very good at stuff like that.
1: He would he, There's he, no there, there are no uh, celebration happening in... Normandy. i have a friend of mine who has a house uh, right where this happened the 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 what's it called the arrival and the landing mm. yeah. <laughs> and uh he's actually been isolating there so he's been living there for the past three months and he, every year he goes to the celebrations uh now so only june and there's i think there's nothing uh, this year sadly no,
2: no. Which you can kind of understand, obviously, because you're yeah. in that difficult situation where I mean, it would be impossible to sort of, you know, obviously, crowds aren't permitted either, are they, at the moment? So it'd yeah. just be, just be too risky, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, there's always next year. That's what I keep trying to tell yeah. myself. There's always next yep. year. Uh, now, True. Paul. Um, so obviously, we, we've we've sort of uh, been been talking uh, about uh, what's been going going on here, and I, I wondered. I mean, what do you think um, your outlook for the the future, as far as aviation and everything is all all concerned? I mean, have you got any ideas how you think this is all going to play out?
1: Yeah, I mean, of course I do. I mean, I need to preface that by saying that, of course, I, I work with with some airlines. Uh, I do work with OTAs. I work with tourism boards as well as part of my clients. So, I have some insights into how they think and how they see things. It doesn't mean that what they think is being implemented or will be implemented. But in a nutshell, I'm more optimistic than I was perhaps a month ago. Not that every everything is going to go back. I don't think anything goes back anyway. You know, we evolve, but it's going to be faster than I thought. I mean, again, nobody knows. Uh, I've seen earlier something we were talking about on the, on the chat. Uh, will there be, you know, other waves, wavelengths, et cetera? All this will of course play out in any kind of projection, which makes it all much harder to forecast, but I'm still more optimistic uh, than I was because Not because we have a great handle of things, as in we still don't have any exact solutions in terms of how to take care of people who are having the virus and need to be hospitalized. We're still trial and error, and obviously there's no vaccine. And, you know, although the the very optimists tell you, oh, yeah, early 2021, I doubt there will be anything in 2021. It will be much later because all the... You know, the trials take time to make sure that it's safe for humans to take before we can actually inject everybody with that. But saying that, we've done still, you know, uh, two months ago or three months ago in the midst of the crisis, everything looked, looked very gloomy, everything was shutting down. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, I think Carlos said earlier, Paul, when, I don't know if it was on air or not on air, but Paul, when is the next layover? And one of the reasons I haven't recorded the next layover is not because I'm sad and gloomy. It's mostly because first I, I need to think, but also because everything I said in the last episode, 107, which was only me talking for two hours, is basically still valid. We're still having a lot of question marks about everything, but I'm more optimistic. I think... That we are finding ways to work together, friendly countries, neighboring countries blocks so it's here for us it's europe and Asians, so the, the the Asian block and uh the, of course the north, north american block this there will be they are movements, and people are finding balance i, I don't, it's hard to, to say that without sounding a bit um I, You know, I took it very seriously. You know, I self-isolated very early, like in mid-February. I already, you know, I canceled my flight in early February. And I isolated a month before it was mandatory in the UK. Not because I was fearful of the virus, but I thought, you know, everything, it's kind of logic that when something like that happens... Well, countries shut down. You know, airports shut down. Countries don't want to import more cases. Everybody looks at each other. Oh my God, you have something. You're coughing. You're guilty. <laughs> so I'm like, that was kind of logical. I, I, the only, the only thing I didn't see, to be f- very frank with you, I didn't realize how much people would be probably fearful of it not saying that we shouldn't be fearful I'm trying to find a balance in how I say that it, it is indeed dangerous it is not killing everyone at the same time and I have friends of mine working work in the travel industry we are in, the, in their 20s living in London who haven't set foot out for like two and a half months I'm like not even for a run like no no it was too dangerous I'm like okay this is going a bit too much into like the believing this is going to kill you. And I think this is now calming. People are realizing that there are ways to, and we've been talking about this on this podcast, and this is also what I'm hearing from the travel industry of finding ways to say, okay, between the masks, between some distancing here and there, where it's not possible having the mask, having other measures. It's possible to have a sense of normalcy. I'm not saying it's going to be normal, but it's still Like I think Nev said it earlier, we need to find a way to go back to doing things. I mean, I'm not saying we should be able to fly as if nothing happened or to go to the restaurant as if nothing happened. But uh, between that and being on on full lockdown, I think there's a balance to be found and we are slowly finding it. It's still a catastrophe and a disaster that we had to go through losing that many people. And uh, not uh, having a plan, although we all, you know, we all kind of knew it was coming. All the countries had like pandemic preparations, but it felt like science fiction, even for those who were doing these pandemic preparations. And then suddenly it actually happens, and you're like, uh, okay, just let's lock down and let's let's see what happens next. And uh, I, I think so. I think we will have some sense of. Uh, Betterment. it's it's going to be a test this summer I think uh, you know a country like Greece uh, people see my last name so they understand that I wasn't born in Greece but I speak Greek and I have the passport and I have a place in Athens and I do work with a tourism board there uh, so a place like Greece ha- had like very few cases because simply because they locked up very early uh, and now it's the big question is what's going to happen once they open because they're going to open to countries with by definition hard more Cases, so it's going to be a bit test this this summer. But I think in the end it's going to be more about will people travel than about the cases themselves. Right now people are still very unsure. I don't know. I could ask you guys: Would you go to a restaurant in three weeks inside?
2: Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I, it's... Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, as I sort of alluded to earlier, I mean, it's one of the things that I, I'm missing, you know, is because, you know, I, I, I'm i very lucky. I have some amazing friends and I very much enjoy spending time with them. And we often go to a pub or we go to a restaurant and all that kind of thing. And I must say, it does this whole thing does leave me feeling a little bit nervous about... Yeah. About the next is it? the next step. I mean, I mean, Nev. Obviously, I mean, your industry is going through in, insane changes in regards to how you deal with with customers. And obviously, um, well, not whining and dining. That sounds terrible. I know, but I mean, obviously, your your industry. You you are you you know entertaining um, customers and things like that. I mean, I mean, how do you feel about it? What, what
1: I I, 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 did, I didn't know that uh, being in the, the lounge, the first class lounge at T five, was an industry. Oh, now steady. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
3: yeah absolutely
1: i'm so sorry nev i love to kid you i'm so sorry
3: that's all i live for as as you know no our industry you know the one i work in is very um we're very social uh we like going out together we like visiting customers we do events together all sorts of things like that and um you know even actually you know i'm working for the european team so we get together uh, just uh, in outside Antwerp, where the European head office is usually, and we all go there for sales meetings and then socialise. And obviously, we've missed this for months now. And it, I've got to say, it does have some effect. Uh, you know, we're all doing you know Zoom and Microsoft Teams conversations, and that you know that works to a certain extent, but it's not the same. No, uh, it's yeah. not the
1: same. And it's, you don't you like the, the water cooler effect, uh, so yeah. you know, just chatting about anything and nothing and having a beer after work or sure. just socializing, you know, if there's a lot of, this is also, I, I said it earlier, people like to have black and white uh, opinions about everything. And people said, okay, people will not ever go back to the office. People will never fly again, like never <laughs> travel again. I'm like, no, there's going to be a balance. It's going to be, we yes, we're realizing that some stuff can be done online and some stuff because also of the economical downturn will kind of drag and, Perhaps some there will be less business travel than before, at least for a while. There will be less maybe people going to offices or with probably more flexible working hours or more flexible. You know, I want to do eighty percent and whatever. So that will happen. But that, to say that nobody will go to an office is stupid, and it's the same for travel. I think, if people will fly. And would you, Nev? Would you, would you fly next month easily without paying no. twice?
3: I mean, we're allowed to travel within country at the moment. So we're allowed to travel um, anywhere within the United Kingdom and possibly Northern Ireland, actually. uh, But we're not allowed to travel to the Republic of Ireland and we're not allowed to travel internationally. uh, What what
1: you're saying here is actually the key for the, the people I work with or consult for. That's the biggest worry. It's less about... So tourism is one thing. People want to travel. If you let the Brits... Uh, and include myself in in there although I don't have the passport if you let us travel this summer everybody will go not everybody There will be like a part of the population that is wary they will wait three more four more weeks a month or two before trying to go but people want to go business travel is a problem because uh, corporates have a duty of care to their employees and they don't want to be the first one to be sending their employees in case there's an actual problem happening so they like well, we'll have these policies of non-travel, non-essential travel that will drag on perhaps a little bit.
3: Mm. I think, I think for, you know, my yeah, company is absolutely superb. I, I can't criticise them at all. Um, they, they've acted out of an abundance of caution. And the top priority is employee safety. Everything yeah, yeah. else is secondary. And I'm, yeah. I'm very Actually,
0: impressed. Now, on, on that note now, obviously with the, with the company you work for, you do a lot of uh, European travel. Or you travel within Europe and stuff, Hence the, hence the gold card. Do you, uh, but, but since this, this whole thing has started and, and more, more and more people who work from home like yourselves and Paul have been using Zoom and other um, platforms to, to communicate with, with either customers or, or colleagues, do you think that will be that when, this, when the restrictions are finally completely relaxed and, and normal flying and aviation resumes, do you think that companies will stick with the zoom kind of thing rather than send like you across you know,
3: well, i, a, I a... think <laughs> There might be a bit of that, but really you you can't beat the face-to-face conversation. Um, And, you know, I know a couple of people in in the legal profession that that back in the day would take a um, a business class flight to Geneva to see their clients for a one-hour meeting, take them out for a nice meal in the evening and and fly back the next day. Um, That probably, um, although useful, it probably means that they'll be doing less of that. Kind of thing, possibly. and
1: it's and it's also it's also uh, first it's true. I know a lot of bankers, and they like to do that. And it's also uh, an employee benefit. That's what uh, as companies, you know, to say, hey, it's we know it's not purely essential. But I mean, if you want to go to Amsterdam and meet this client and come back, or go to this trade show and come back, we know it's not like 100 percent essential. We're there, but I mean, it's part of what you give to employees as you know, it's not a gift, but as part of what makes a company. Work so I, I think it's just going to be a bit slow. But I, I'm more optimistic into. I'm not saying it's going to go back to normal again. I said it earlier in the show. Nothing goes back. Yeah, because we evolve. We're going to buy new measures and etc. And the world has changed. And probably the world will be slightly less globalized. We mentioned in the show, thanks to our producer John. Hi, John. The uh, the China story. This is something that was already happening before. I mean, the tension between the U.S. and China, but now it's going into even more mm. stringent measures against each other which means overall the picture of very easy travel across the globe which was at least uh, the purview of people like us having the right passport to do so so a british passport a german passport a swiss passport might be more complicated for a while it doesn't mean that we cannot do it but it might be more complicated the big question mark to be honest to me for me sorry is the pricing of travel how much flights will cost six to twelve months down the line because revenue management has been thrown down in in the toilet because there's no way of forecasting because now there's no historical basis to do so with you know reduced fleet and et cetera. So we've seen that uh, airlines like Ryanair have literally crushed their prices to the lowest possible because they want people to fly, but that's for the next two months. What will happen afterwards is really hard to say. Will Will we have to pay 30% more to fly to Tokyo since they have the hat today? I have no idea. And that would be very interesting. I hope not, to be honest with you. But that's a possibility. I mean,
2: I mean Nev, do you, think, um, do you think that that might be eventually what perhaps makes it prohibitively uh, an issue is that, is that the prices are so much higher that
3: actually companies are thinking, nah, it's not really worth spending that. No, I, I think that you, when you have a big moment like this, it's very easy to scrap all of the rules of engagement, as Paul was just saying and going, well, actually, no, we don't need to fly anymore. We don't need to do this. We need to work at home more. And there may be a bit of that. But really, I think, the, the, I mean, let's face it, the, the revenue generation... Uh, and the job security that the travel business offers the uh, in the leisure world and in the business world is absolutely enormous. I forget what the figures are, but it's a, it 's just in the u k it 's a huge number and I think that if we start saying well we 're not doing this anymore we're not doing that i mean there, there might be a case for a reduction of Those London to Manchester flights, for example, um, those sort of things, Um, maybe train more, maybe um, Zoom, that kind of stuff. But I think for the, 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 you know, the the normal business uh, relies heavily on the face-to-face conversation, which uh, and augments with um, Teams and Zoom calls, basically.
1: Uh, I'll give you two, two, two things on that were very interesting. First one, you just mentioned train, Manchester, London. Actually, the French, as part of the bailout to Air France, uh, Air France-KLM is a group, but KLM is doing their own bailout, and Air France is pretty stupid. But anyway, as part of the bailout, they've said there's a, um, a mandate for Air France to reduce the number of domestic flights out of environmental so green reasons. Thus, Air France will start having passengers going with the uh, TGV, so the high-speed train for destinations like Marseille, etc. So that's a mandate from the government to reduce carbon emissions, to be a greener airline because it got, I think it was seven 7 billion euros or something. And that's something that we're seeing repeated in other countries as well. So there's no bailout as such in the UK. But for sure, especially since p a is trying to reduce its uh, cost base let 's put it that way, we might see a bit of less intera- uh, domestic travel in the u k made by by plane, which sucks for other reasons you know it 's longer to take the train but it 's greener to probably take the train as well so it, that's that 's an interesting uh, interesting thing that will, that, that, that will happen with, uh, with with business travel. But again, I fully agree with you, Nev. There's not going to be like a shutdown of travel and people are going to do only Zoom. And this, this won't happen. Now, there's going to be an adaptation for sure for a while. Exactly. But more so, less so because of the virus, more so because of the economical crisis. Because when you have less budget... Well, I'm not talking about your company, Nev, or anyone's company here. But when you have less budget, you suddenly, well, send less people for travel because travel is more is a bit expensive. I, I, yeah, I, I'm a bit, I'm, 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 optimistic-ish. Okay, well, that's that's a good place to end it. I think. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Paul yes. is
2: optimistic-ish. Uh, Carlos, uh, perhaps we could uh, just uh, whiz through yeah, the old social medias to, uh, before to we wrap up, up
0: the show. And uh, quick uh, quick run through with the host end for your week ahead. Uh, let's start with you, Paul, because you are our guest. Uh, what's uh, what's on the plans for Paul this week?
1: Uh, I should go back to doing the layovers podcast. I mentioned Yay. episode one hundred and seven, which yeah, I know you wanted colors. It's been uh, like almost two months I haven't recorded. I will. I, I, will, you, I will. You realize you've actually with,
2: you've, you've you've actually been on our show more than you have do your own yes, podcast. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> i I'm leaving uh, vicariously through your show. It's uh, you know so always welcome, I, my friend. Always welcome. I, I, I oh thank you. I really appreciate by the way that you invite me because I know that I can be talking too much from time to time. But I, I will do that. That's on the pure aviation. And I still work I had a lot of work, so I will continue having actually a lot of work but yes, for, we have a lot of fans of layovers you know we i I wasn't really looking at the stats and although I haven't released in two months uh in the aviation you know rankings around the world uh layovers is number one in countries like Hong Kong is number one in singapore is number one in and unlike uh, how is it still number one when we're not releasing anything? So I need to get on to release uh, something. But, and I will say that when I record this, I will tell people to listen to PTUK because you guys are doing a much better job. You have a producer, you're fancier than i will ever be able to so well no we don't yeah, otherwise have... yeah, go ahead sorry
2: uh, no, i can say we it's, it's just because we you know we we need a producer because otherwise we're rubbish that's the... <laughs> that's
1: what <it's... laughs> you're not good uh, for the rest i hope to be traveling uh that that would be my question to you uh when do you think it's going to be are uh, your, your your next actual international so plane travel for me i hope to be in august just a short trip to geneva it's it Nev. Ooh. What's
0: going on uh, in the world of Nev? Well, I'm on this working weekend.
3: next week and tr- hopefully to try and see some customers if they are working. That's the other thing. So I can travel within country. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's not a very busy schedule for next week at the moment, so I'll have to see how we get on. But uh, I shall be around,
2: definitely. Well, any
3: flying in the schedule? Have you, have, have you got anything lined um, up? No. Enough, I I see one of my customers up in um, Newcastle and I very often think I might just fly up there instead sort of drive. But Uh, Looking at the BA schedule just to to fly to Newcastle, there's nothing doing until July at the moment. And they were previously running four flights a day. So, yeah, yeah,
1: complete
3: complete change. So uh, there'll be another month, I think, before we do any um, international travel, that's for sure.
0: Matt, what about you? What's going on in the world of uh, of Matt over this next
2: week? Um, well, as I sort of alluded to last week, uh, that, you know, there's a little bit of studio work here that I need to do that will otherwise sort of eat into my very hectic schedule of sitting. So, um, <laughs> yes, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not really a lot, oh. not really very little going on in the world of Matt, it has to be said. <laughs>
0: Next week, I've, I'm back trucking. Next week, which is Are quite you? nice. Yeah, yeah, I'll get, I'm, I'm, I'm. We've, um, we've got a little bit of work that's why you business. want the layovers
1: podcast so, uh, you want to be so listening while you're driving, driving. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I, I, actually paul it is honestly i, I do listen to the show i driving. know
1: i know when you try i know when you're yeah, driving you kept yeah. asking me in the past so oh, okay i'll do something about yeah, it yeah brilliant. yeah brilliant but there, especially but with... for carlos yeah <laughs> especially funny. for carlos
2: <laughs> so yeah i've got three days three days at work. oh exciting week. nice oh, that's good yeah yeah so uh, uh, so yeah All right, social medias then, please, Carlos, and then we better go. Social
0: medias, yeah, The social media links. You can find us, obviously, you can find us uh, on uh, plaintalkinguk.com, on the website, www.plaintalkinguk.com. The links are all on there. If you want to grab yourself a T-shirt, you can uh, grab yourself a PTUK T-shirt. You can also uh, find the links to Patreon and uh, our PayPal links. And also, don't forget as well, the Amazon shopping link, which, again, I, you know, Use quite a fair amount, uh, hence the reason they've just brought or, at least 12 new aircraft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can also find That's us uh, handily. Yeah. single handedly. Uh, don't forget, as well, that very important WhatsApp number. If you guys and girls want to send us a picture to put on that screen behind Matt in the studio, uh, you can send your pictures uh, or, or audio feedback and video feedback to our WhatsApp number. That's plus. Four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. We would love to hear from you. Um, obviously, we've had some really great feedback coming uh, into the show from from Chris, uh, and uh, if you want to send us something, we would really appreciate that as well.
1: And, and Carlos, can you repeat the name of the company that is behind Matt? Oh, la compagnie. <laughs> That's a little better. It's better. It's <laughs> yes. better. Yeah, do you, you know somewhere Do you
2: know all I heard in my ear? Whether that was our producer just going,
1: hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: well,
0: I, could, I could say it in the in the in the Suffolk lingo. So, yeah. la la compagnie. There we go, boys. Right, right like that's, that's
2: lovely. Yeah, thanks for that. La compagnie. La compagnie.
0: <laughs> la compagnie. <laughs> ah. I, so. I will, I will that, just say very quickly, actually, yes, we've got a part can't.
2: two of Chris Marsh's uh, feedback. That's have, to look yeah. forward to next week. So part two of Chris Marsh's Chris Marsh's great feedback will be appearing next week. So
0: massive fingers crossed we'll have Armando back next week on the show because we've missed you this week, Armando. Yeah, we I really missed have. you, man.
1: Yes, yeah. I missed you, Armando.
0: So uh, join us again next week for episode and that, that's a point actually don't forget paul you need to plug your uh plug well your i show. said it
1: yeah okay two. that's on uh, the web and uh, if you want to find it on your podcast app and listen to the back catalog because i haven't released in two months it's, uh, just look for search for layovers and every single potential possible podcast apps but again two, and you'll have all the links including twitter we're very active on twitter that's where you can find us, actually me, because I'm the one actually putting the updates and answering. <laughs> but if you want, you can find me there. So. But do uh, Do give our regards to Alex as well. Yes, he uh, gives as well. Sorry, I should yes. have said that at the very top of the show. He gives his regards as well. He's still busy being a teacher, a father. (laughs) He's a teacher, a father, a cook, and basically a better man than I will ever be. (laughs) So that
0: is where we're going to bring episode number 321 to a close. Big thanks to all the chat room, all the YouTube chat room, and all the audio downloaders of the show. Big thanks to everyone and to all the hosts. So from me, Carlos here in my Bedroom studio, and from Matt in the PTUK studios, from Nev over in the Nev Tech studios, and to our brilliant guest Paul over in his studios. Have a great weekend. Take care, stay safe, and see you all next week. Everyone say bye bye. Bye
4: bye.